Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. It's the year 2021, two years after the premiere of Joker. Inspired by the film, incels have taken over the world and instituted a brutal regime of rage-fueled virginity. No longer will women and chads conspire to hold down insults. Dethroned from their positions of power, they find themselves dominated by the red-pilled insults they so cruelly neglected. For these men, their power comes from their suffering. For some, it originated when that big-tittied streamer they've been giving donations to for years had the audacity to get a boyfriend. Or in third grade when Becky's Valentine's Day card said, From, not love or the pain they experienced going through life with the disability of being under six feet tall. But now, the tables have turned. The manipulative succubi have been defeated. One such woman cries out. Why is this happening? An insult then suddenly appears from the shadows and states, We live in a society. Hello, gamers, and welcome back to the Hall of Incels podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman-Stubbs, and joining me, as always, are my co-incels with the co-incel, <laughs> Spencer Simpson <laughs> and Travis Grossman. I wasn't ready for that. I knew, like, I hit play on the clip. I knew about the clip. I I was not ready for that. Oh, man. I've been sitting on that since we saw this fucking movie. Um, of course you have. <laughs> of course you have. Jesus Christ. And you know why? <laughs> because we, we live, live in a society. society. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to bet that, like, nothing bad has happened yet? It's Tuesday when we record this. Nothing like, has usual. happened. Nothing has happened yet. What this, do you want to bet? People have been arrested, but I think, like, it was, it was people acting a fool near theaters. Yeah. And then the reporting has just conflated it all because like, oh, they saw Joker and also acted like an idiot outside the theater, um, which how, we'll we'll get to our own theater hijinks as well. How much you want to bet an hour before this goes live? Shit, it's something fan. horrible will yeah. fucking happen and we will not be able to post this review. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> with our luck. Heaven forbid. Yeah, we're, we're all hoping that that isn't the case. Uh, with that, before we get into obviously it's our Joker review, guys, um, before we hop into our very brief non-spoiler section – I don't think there's much we can do non-spoiler. No, um, not, not the, the, a lot. This is, I don't even think we're going to really do what we've done before where we just kind of run through the plot. I think we're just going to be – Talking shop. I think we're just going to be talking a lot about certain plot points. That's fair. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, we're going to do a quickie slice of life here. Not necessarily quickie, but uh, we have things to do. Spencer, how was your week, buddy? Um, Not too shabby. The worst is yet to come. Um, I have two midterms. On Thursday, which is the day that this episode will air, oh, and I have and I have two papers due the following Monday, but since I'm going home this weekend to participate in the Fort Days reenactment with my Scottish Highlander um, reenactment regiment, I'm trying to get those 
two papers done before the weekend. So I don't have to worry about them when I come back on Sunday. So between now, which is Tuesday night and Friday afternoon, when I plan to leave, I have to squeeze in two midterm study sessions and six pages of paper split up into two different projects. So it doesn't sound that bad. Um, but I still got to do tons of research for the papers. So I had a pretty good week. It was homecoming this past weekend. Uh, and I was personal escort to Miss Pennsylvania. Um, she is a 2017 Grove city alum. And so she was gracious enough to come back and participate in the parade and take pictures with the kids and stuff. And so I was, tasked um but with escorting is not the correct term but just, just like i had to carry around the photo release forms and stuff like that and get her, yeah, a drink her, if she needed her it. security yeah. detail i was i was the point man so my um, he- my head cannon like i see you doing this but like in your superman costume yeah <laughs> like i just so badly just want you to be like hello there just you know very like strong jaw so and he's walking around in like a a, a flannel like a plaid flannel with a tie and the glasses. Yeah. And okay, when something, yeah. something's about to go down, you're like, stand back, ma'am. And you open your shirt to show the <laughs> Superman. No. no she, yeah, she joked that I was her babysitter slash bodyguard. And while I was not wearing my Superman outfit, I was wearing a very tasteful navy blue suit. Ooh. And she said, like, I should have brought, like, an earbud to yeah. stick in my ear and some sunglasses to look even that, more official. That would have been funny. So... Yeah, shout out to Ms. Tiffany Seitz, who is absolutely amazing. She's very nice. Um, So check her out for, I believe it's December 19th. I heard her say it so many times, but check it out. Miss America, she'll be in the running. Vote in, see. You know. anyway. Good luck to her. Good luck to yeah, her. that's awesome. Uh, much love from the DDN. Uh, quickie, like, high school story here, just because you're talking, like, the flannel and the Kent family. Um, oh yeah, I know this. Okay, do you, do you know? Okay. You told me. Yeah. Okay, just for everybody at home, because you just put it on my mind. Our senior year. Okay, I'm horrible at trying to explain what the fuck Polar Palooza was. <laughs> Can anybody here explain it they, better than me? Because I, you will do it better than me. You. So every you can like sign up as a group of six. Of uh, is it of six? Okay. Up, I never. Up, yeah, I, I think never you have personally have six did it. I think it was six or eight. I think we had eight. Did we? You sure though? Ryan, Bell, Anna, you, me, the, Joel, whatever. RJ. Um, but you sign Rachel. up. Yeah, that would have been eight, over yeah. the over the course of the night. You play different sports, um, and then like as you do, it's mostly just to like get everyone in for a night and socialize and stuff. But then there's like also rankings, and I don't know if there was a prize or not. Like I said, I never actually did it. It was always during musical season, and as someone who did the musical and band and worked i just always took because we would always have rehearsal off so i would be yeah. like i am going home and sleeping you dumb fucks well i i was never able to get a team together for it um but our senior year we all buckled down uh and we i i had the idea to be we did the justice something League. greater yeah we <laughs> oh we had an idea that's funny because i was batman and that's yeah Good job. Clever. Yes, uh, I am. Thank you. Uh, very clever. But I was like – because I had – And very funny. I you very funny. And I had always seen all the Instagram posts and I was like – because there was a costume contest or uniform contest. I was like, these motherfuckers are weak. 
And I was like, yeah, hey. there was there was no competition and against was, us. And I because years prior, I'd seen all the Instagram posts. I'm like, this is bullshit. And I was like, we were trying to get a team together. I'm like, guys, let's do the fucking Justice League. And they're like, what? I'm like, we're gonna do the goddamn Justice League. And I like, we like, we mapped it out. Um, Spencer was Superman naturally. Um, I was Batman. Joel was Green Arrow. Uh, our buddy Ryan was the Green Lantern. Uh, our friend Bell was Supergirl. Our friend Rachel was Wonder Woman and our friend RJ we painted green the Martian as Martian Man, Man Hunter. We would have won on the back of just RJ being painted green. Am I forgetting somebody? Ian was the Flash. Ian, that's um, right. Ian was the Flash. Uh yeah, a- How Ian, could we forget Ian? Of course. Oh, it's you and I just had that conversation the other day too, Travis. <laughs> the joke about Ian I made. We're like you're. So you were doing an impression of somebody that oh. I said sounded like Larry David. Ian stopped doing, doing Larry David, David impression. Yeah. Um. And you were like, and I said, that's just that's just who I am. I I am Ian Stubbs doing a Larry David impression. Uh. But Spencer's dad, like we said before, uh, teaches at the high school we went to, and <laughs> at one point, and he was one of the chaperones for Polar Palooza. And I almost pissed my parents laughing because I saw Spencer's dad from across the gym and immediately figured out what was going on. But Spencer's dad showed up in like work boots and jeans and a flannel. I was like, holy shit, Mr. Simpson's here is pockets. What the fuck? This is great. He did not tell me he was doing this either. <laughs> so like he just showed up and As I'm John like, Ken. dad, you look great. When would, When did this happen? oh man i i don't think i ever said this to you but i leaned over to rj and i was like okay does this mean my mom and dad are like laying like playing dead in the parking lot now there's pearls yeah. everywhere there's They're pearls the all over the fucking parking lot <laughs> they put up a sign that says crime alley yeah joel's oh, parents dude. just fucked off to the bahamas for a weekend to disappear oh man yeah that was a good Holy time we had fun with it. that if you dig through we our scored inst- yeah we got a perfect score on the costume portion and the lip sync. Well, because we well, we got bonus points because we did karaoke instead of the lip sync. That's right. Well, yeah, that's right. The musical kid. Yeah, because the musical and we did holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Again, my fucking idea. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was a good time. That was one of the fun, most fun nights I had. That was just – it was awesome. Oh, because we walked I, in the, the – it was – we walked in with capes and a green man. Like <laughs> – and like – In true you fashion. Yeah. Well, like with the, the look we went for was like very utilitarian because it was like we had like really nice costume shirts and then like yeah. gym shorts and like I have like a goofy flat brim hat that looks like the cowl. Like it has like the ears and yeah. the eye lenses on it. So like I had the hat on and I had like and like almost everybody's costume shirt came with like a velcro cape, um, so it, it, we had it in the fucking bag like it was no contest, um. Again, we would have won just because we painted RJ green and then we put on capes and then it was in the bag. Um, Travis, you have our slice of life from the chaos I, that was last night. I'm going to pass it to you actually, or if you want to do a joint because I want to talk real quick. About watching Supergirl and Batwoman okay. on Sunday. Okay. Because I don't yeah, get yeah, to yeah. cover them and maybe a little Titans. Because I don't get to cover them properly in the episode. Uh CW has kicked off their TV show season for the year. Uh and on Sunday we got 
Batwoman and Supergirl. I'm going to say Batgirl a lot, and I'm sorry. Uh, and then yesterday was Black Lightning, which I didn't watch because I'm not caught up with Black Lightning. Tonight, in about 10 minutes from right now, is The Flash, <laughs> which I have <laughs> to... time of recording. Yeah, so I can't watch it live, which figures. Um, but yeah, that the Supergirl pilot was felt a little politically charged it's on brand for supergirl i'm into it um i like her new suit i like the dynamic that they're building up between her and lena this season because it's uh deceitful and i i enjoy it and we don't deserve either of those actresses uh batwoman's pilot while good I say good because it reminded me of Arrow season one and I like Arrow season one. Uh, the editing was very choppy. Like it was, it was bad. It was very not good. Um, so I'm hoping this next episode on Sunday works some of those kinks out. And, you know, cause, uh, season one Arrow had a lot of the same problems where like, it just didn't flow right at first. They didn't know the direction they wanted to take it. And they're, they'll slowly figure it out. I'll probably talk more about that next week when we don't have the biggest thing in the mass media to cover right now that isn't about China. <laughs> Good point about China. Yeah, that <laughs> shit's blowing up, man. Um, and then Titans this week was fine. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I watched Philip DeFranco before I came here. What did you expect? I didn't get a chance to watch the PDS yet. That's good. He calls... Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one this, uh, today. But, uh, yeah. I, I'll talk I, mean, I saw the thing that Trey Parker and Matt Stone put out. Like, <laughs> what, um... Who's China's president again? What's his name? Uh, Shang-Chi. Is... It's not Shang-Chi. Did I just... Something Chi. I know what I just said. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not the Marvel martial artist. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I I'm on this. The, you're on a different it's, beat it's, right now. It's Xi Jinping. I thought so. Thank you. Oh, Jesus' first name. Yeah. Xi Xi Jinping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, well, they, they, people make jokes all the time that like because of his build, he looks like Winnie the Pooh. And yeah. Apparently, on South Park, they just had Winnie the Pooh be Xi Jinping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always like. He's one of those people that like. I know I know his name, but I never want to say it because I think I'm wrong, and then I feel like an idiot for not saying it. I just said Shang Chi's the president of China. <laughs> you you can't get worse than that. <laughs> uh, it's better than Winnie the Pooh, as far as he's concerned. I'm yeah. sure. Anyway, but, yeah, I'll talk more about Titans next week. Uh, I'll probably talk more about Batwoman next week. Probably not as much about Supergirl because it's established. You you know what you're getting into if you watch it. I love it a lot. Um, but yeah, and then all the fucking ridiculousness. Can I can I also tell the story of our viewing of Joker? I want to do that once we get into the review proper. Fair enough. Okay, because uh, that is that is fun. We can like pseudo tag team what happened yesterday. Yeah, so you you can help fill in the blanks. So yesterday we had, uh, as you guys know, uh, yesterday at the time of this recording, we record do back discussion on Mondays. Um, but it was a double header for us because we did our first we did do back discussion, then we did our first installment of our Star Wars audio commentary series, uh, with the Phantom Menace. Uh, it started out with um, us. 
by virtue of my brother making an oopsie, uh, leaving the key to the house of which we record our episodes in my father's car, which was about an hour and a half away. Um, so Travis and I had to then drive out uh, about half an hour to where my grandmother was to retrieve a key from her. And on the way there, um, almost got fucking obliterated on the highway, um, which was fun. And then I got there's no there. real fun story there. I'm just a bad driver. <laughs> yeah, a bad driver. Just person snuck up on us um, twice. Twice uh, <laughs> happened on the way back too. Um, and then we got to the YMCA in Ligonier. At which point I was requesting to get to the infant room where my nana works. And I had to go up an elevator, and the lady who gave me the directions to said elevator, uh, the lady gave me directions to the elevator. I got there, I pushed the up button, got inside, pushed the number two, and then the door closed, it dinged, it opened, it closed again, it dinged, it opened, and then it dinged. At which point I'm like, ooh, seems like something's wrong with the elevator. I think I should take the stairs. So I step out of the elevator, at which point, well, trying to get out of the elevator, the door almost hits me. Because it starts opening and closing again in rapid succession. So the door closes. I get out. I get out. The door closes. And then it goes all the way up to floor two without me. And then just in time to watch the door close and me watch it go up, the same lady who gave me directions comes back out from wherever she came to watch me watch the elevator door close in front of me and then watch me watch the lights start dinging and lighting up. And this lady is like giving me the weirdest look on the planet. And I, I and I now have to explain that I'm not a fucking idiot, nor am I a shooter um, who's in here for nefarious <laughs> reasons. Uh, and I just kind of looked at her and I was like, it threw me out. And um, she was like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, it is. And I promise I know how to operate an elevator. Um, eventually it came back. I got in and I, I started to very – tepidly pressed the second floor button she was like good luck and i was like thanks uh <laughs> i got up to the second floor got the key came back almost died on the highway again um nice and then at the last minute our guest uh for um family reasons had to uh pull out of the recording session for the phantom menace audio commentary uh jason will be on one of them will figure that out, but he wasn't able to make it for Phantom Menace, unfortunately. So that happened like in what, like an hour before we had to record. Yeah, we were eating dinner. We were eating dinner before <laughs> getting into the swing of things. Came over, set up for the audio commentary. <laughs> During, I have to tell it, I'm sorry, I'm throwing uh, you under the bus. Fine. Whenever Joel listens to this, we're going to get an angry text message. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. <laughs> he's yeah. going to fucking kill us. You're going to get an angry text message. going to get an angry text message. Because you did it. Because I did it. Um, we had to have like the rig set up in the middle of the basement here where the TV is. And it was it was a very weird situation. I made myself a second Qui-Gon Jinn and tried to sit down. Um, Spencer, you're familiar with how um, – antsy the, the recliner can get when it just shoots out the recliner um, yes so i tried to sit down and then accidentally launch the recliner into the rig <laughs> oh no twice <laughs> everything is intact but the table started to fold in the middle of jevis and i got really scared 
Oh jeez! It was oh. one of the most terrifying experiences of my like as I'm someone like, who almost got it's killed. Not even, this isn't even a funny story to me. It's stressing me out. As someone who almost got killed <laughs> twice before that in the same day, that was the most stressful thing that happened in in all of that day. Was watching wow. the recliner hit the rig twice. Um, <laughs> so after that, we got the rig under control, and then we were going to be in for the night, and we brought a, an air mattress back from nana's house to my house because travis was going to stay the night since we had had some adult beverages while watching phantom menace and when with 20 minutes to go left on that horrible horrible day 11 40 p.m 11 40 p.m eastern sharp, daylight, eastern sharp, daylight time we unfurl the air mattress to realize that it is one that my grandmother planned on scrapping because it had a giant gash in the side of it um oh man so travis and i snuggled last night it was quite warm <laughs> but like a good warm yeah very wholesome with that bro, bro snuggles are real man fuck yeah dude oh oh also in the middle of the night it doesn't count as that that day um for some reason i like got really jittery in my sleep and like donkey kicked my fucking well he's like there's my bed and then like a bunch of like shoe boxes that I keep in case I need something that is shoe box sized um and shit like that and then like I have like a couple of my lightsabers and a sword and my sword leaning up against the wall and my foot I don't know why but like in my sleep I like fucking donkey kicked my sword over and it knocked over all my cardboard cutouts and it scared the shit out of Travis and I in the middle of the night. <laughs> to be fair, I don't remember that part. I do. And I remember you sitting up and going, what was that? Just like that in your sleep. Um, yep. I don't remember a bit of that. Oh, I do. Uh, with that, we can actually get into the fucking Joker now. Uh, so <laughs> brief non-spoiler thoughts, Spencer. Um, <clears throat> you see, like you already pointed out, it's so hard for me to sort them out from like like what is constituted by a spoiler because i have like a lot of thoughts that are general thoughts but they're they they still might be thoughts that you wouldn't want to hear if you haven't seen the movie yet um i'm going to try to ah you see i'm just i'm so nervous <laughs> That's um this i will say i will say this and this might be a spoiler so sorry everybody but i don't think it is i would say that as far as I'm concerned, this is a completely new category of Joker as a character um, from all of the examples that I can think of, um, you know, starting with Nicholson and Hamill and getting up to Ledger and Leto. Like, I don't think these, that's – oh, sorry. I don't what? think that's a spoiler. I just – we'll talk about – I disagree with you. OK. Ooh, we'll we'll flesh to, that out. To like properly discuss it. We have to talk about spoilers. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah. But it's it seems like as faithful to the character as this movie maintains, it's a very different tone. It's a very different um, motivation, almost. And and this is a one of a kind in the sense that we haven't really seen a true origin story on screen yet for the Joker, and so. In that way, it is harder for me to wrap my head around than many of the other interpretations merely because it is something else entirely um, from what you would expect from seeing the Joker in other settings. So that's all I'll say. 
Okay. Just in case. Uh, Travis, your your non spoiler thoughts here. Um, I this film is everything I expected it to be. In I mean that both in the good and the not so good. Um, not that I like before entering the movie called every plot point, but. Once an idea was introduced, I was like, and that's where that's going to go. And I was right. Yeah. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix. It's been you've you've read it about a hundred times by now, and I'm going to say it again. He deserves at least a nomination for this. Yes. Like absolutely that it his performance is simply incredible. Uh, Comic book movie or not, this deserves yeah, attention. It, that, and again, that's a different – that's a whole debate now because of uh, relevant director uh, Martin Scorsese, right? Yeah. Um, but – Those damn Marvel movies. They're, I think – They're theme parks. <laughs> like the the most negative real, – most realistic negative thing I've heard about this movie that's consistent is that it feels too much – like it feels like the shell script for – Taxi Driver or King of Comedy or those movies that it's yeah. trying to emulate. Um, I think both if, Scorsese flicks. <laughs> yeah, I think infusing it with the Joker and those comic book elements is what makes it different. Right, that's what sets it apart for yeah. me personally, and I get why people are flip like in their minds flipping it where it's a comic book movie trying to be that. I think it's one of those movies incorporating comic book elements. Yeah, that's how I viewed it. Um, but overall, when I wasn't watching a person take selfies with the flash on or taking hits <laughs> off a dab pen, same person, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, Spencer, there's a couple points that I, I'm really interested to get into the meat of this because I, I differ from you. I think. With regards to a quote-unquote origin story, I think – unless unless you're getting at the same thing I'm getting at but wording it differently. I like that this version of the Joker is – that's too spoilery. We'll get into that with spoilers. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say there's, the, there's not I can't much say the words say I want to say. Movie. I can't say the words I want to say. Um, I enjoyed this film. Uh, same like Travis said, Joaquin Phoenix turns in a, a fantastic performance as this very broken man who goes off the goes off the deep end. Um, one we of have my, a lot to talk about. <laughs> we have so much to talk about. Um, something I want to say up the off the top right here before we get too deep into like the plot and like Batman lore and shit like that. This is one of my favorite live action interpretations of Gotham City ever. Um, Gotham truly felt like a character here uh, and it didn't have that. It wasn't like so like fantastical and Tim Burton fied as Batman 89 where like it wasn't oh, super Gotham, stylized. It wasn't super stylized and it also wasn't like BVS or Justice League where it's just fucking Chicago. Um, yeah. That Gotham City felt so gross and human and i i 
I would enjoy more films <laughs> taking place inside of that Gotham City. Yeah, um, I, I totally see what you're getting at. It's like with all the characters interacting with the Joker that make him who he is, I feel like the environment itself, not just the people in it, but the city itself is as much one of those factors as any of the other characters in the movie. Yeah, like there's this, you just, you, it felt like Gotham City. And the fact that they could make something feel like Gotham City without the presence of the Batman is very impressive. Very. Um, Beautifully shot, beautiful score, all things everybody said a thousand times. Um, yeah, I to, – to say exactly what I said coming out of the theater with Travis last week, um, the credits rolled. Travis looked at me. He's like, what did you think? And I said, it was amazing. I hated it. <laughs> um, yep, that's verbatim. And I – I have been battling with myself this whole week-ish that I've had to process this movie over to figure out what elicited I it was amazing and I hate it and I think I'm there. I think I'm a, I've arrived at it. I there was a lot of scenes that happened especially towards the end, especially towards the end that I was very conflicted on how I felt about them. Like or I, I felt that like knee-jerk emotion of I don't like this or I like this and I, I'm able now to put words as to why. You know? Yeah. Having separated myself from it long enough. Um like I said, I have mixed feelings. I liked it. Like I on the whole, I liked it. But I have a lot of like these are one of those movies that like you can talk about for a very long time. So and we are about to. With that, I liked it on the whole, but had mixed feelings. Travis, I liked it on the whole. Yeah, I, there were there's a few things about the end that I would probably tweak if I if I was a human individual known as Todd Phillips. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's personal taste. I still think it was handled very well. I think it's sparking more of the like. I don't think this is too spoilery. The what was real, what wasn't talk, because those articles are the, out there. I I think it's spark, sparking more of that talk than it has any right to. I think it's very, We're going to get into that, too. I yeah. really want to di- dissect some of that stuff. Without spoiling anything, I think it's very blatant about what's real and what isn't. It, that's my opinion. I, and that is what I think, but I can also see the opposite. And again, we can't talk too much about uh, that without yeah. getting into spoiler territory. Uh, but overall, I I enjoyed it. I will, if I had time to see it again before we sat down to review it, I probably would have seen it two or three more times. Agreed. Um, and Spencer, you seem to have liked it, uh, seemingly less, with less gripes as as uh, Travis and I. Um, I. I did really enjoy it. I thought, you know, if you were to sit down at this movie with no previous notion as to who this character was, I think you would have walked away really fulfilled, um, possibly quite disturbed as well, but (laughs) also like, like pretty fulfilled, um, within itself. It's, it's pretty well contained. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a, as a film, um, we can dive into the critiques after word of which I have several, um, but also my interpretation of the stuff that went down is different from your own. Um, so 
there's plenty of discussion to come. Let's dive in. All right, real quick, Spencer, was there a warning outside of your theater? Uh, no. AMC had like little flyers up in the doorway <laughs> that was like and, several and fucking several. And, and to be honest, like what it was saying, I totally get why they were there because especially looking at Deadpool. I would take my which there was a little one in my screening when I saw that opening night. I would not the whole time, not not like yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about that story later. Like I would understand. I could take my twelve year old to see Deadpool. I could. I would not take my twelve year old to see Joker. Not a fucking chance. True. Um, maybe a very very sophisticated. Uh, like Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> like fucking Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Jimmy but Neutron. No, like, I would take to see this movie. Literally said like, hey, we know that we've set, we've had R-rated comic book films here before and they were general, like you could still take a, like an, a young adolescent to them. This is not that movie. Please like consider at like all of your things you need to consider before taking your child to this. Yeah. And I appreciate that like as much as the I was upset with the violence. It's like, like this is an adult well, by yeah. themselves. <laughs> but like, like what did you expect? Yeah, like do your fucking research. But I appreciate if you're not paying attention and you're just like, I can take my kid to see this comic book flick for the weekend. Nope. Maybe reconsider on that. Yeah. Um. With that, we are gonna get into spoiler territory. So thank you guys for listening. We love you three thousand. Ah. Same bat time, same bat channel. Ah. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking all of the big news that has happened this past week and whatever's going to happen over the course of this week. There wasn't much big news. Not much big news, but there's some meaty stuff to talk about. So uh, be sure to tune in next week for a news episode proper. Uh, however, we are about to get into Joker spoilers. Um, with that, Spencer, I want to address what you're saying about the origin thing. Okay. You might be you might be thinking the same thing I'm thinking and wording it differently, and I'm not sure. Okay. What I really appreciate about the interpretation of Joker's origin here, in so much as he doesn't, I like the fact that, like, his origin, as far as he's concerned, is also a lie. In that, that like, like that classic, like, Batman mythos that, like, nobody actually knows who the fuck the Joker is. Arthur Fleck isn't even his real fucking name. Like, when you get down to it, like, that name is a construct of a mother who's been lying to him his whole life. Right. Where, like, I'm sure if he had it his way, he would want to know who his birth parents are, what his birth name is, knowing all of the bullshit he's been fed. Doesn't doesn't he have a line, like, pre-finding that out that he never liked the name Arthur Fleck? I don't remember that. But I he think he does. Have. I feel like now he that does. you mentioned that, isn't it like, like with ha- his health and human services agent or something I, like that? Yeah, well, I that, think so. That may very may well be the case. I don't remember hearing that line. I may have been distracted by the fat clouds, the <laughs> pimp three <laughs> rows. Yeah. Absolutely sick rips, bro. <laughs> yeah, um, nice cloud. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that he can arguably still have the multiple choice origin um leto's joker's origin is you know clouded because we never really got to get into it um you know you have your theories about him being dick grayson and shit like that floating out there um 
Heath Ledger's very much did the multiple choice origin. And again, there's yeah. a speculation that he's like ex-military because of like his weapons, uh, his knack for being able to use like very advanced weaponry for criminals. His knowledge of interrogation. His knowledge of interrogation you stuff. Know. And then like his like very specific a truckload of soldiers line. Um, yeah. Jack Nicholson's. It's very it's very killing joke. It's. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, that's it, what the one that I was thinking of it's, specifically it's, was Killing Joke. It is a pinch of Killing Joke in it, the same way this one has a pinch of Killing Joke in it. That's fair, yeah. Which is yeah. like the yeah. only like f- arguably concrete version of his origin. Even then, Joker says, "I don't even remember oh, if yeah. this is true." Yeah, but I mean, like the story that not necessarily the the ending of, and that's just one option out of a thousand. Yeah, but I mean, like the the specific story that shows. A man having a bad day, getting dumped in a vat of acid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All it takes it, is one bad day. In Isn't that case, like the, the, the catchphrase for? Yeah. In the case of Nicholson's Joker, it's getting dumped in a vat of acid. Yeah, yeah. This exactly like Phoenix is one bad day where Nicholson's is Batman has something to do with him falling in acid. Technically, um, I mean the Waynes still have a something to do here. The way, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not directly like Batman bursting through a glass ceiling though. Um, I so in that vein, I if that's what you were going for, Spencer, I completely agree with you that this is like completely new territory for a Joker origin. Yeah, I was I was going for like explicitly. We ha- we get very little. The only like uh, widely spread and widely consumed original origin that most people have gotten their hands on is the Killing Joke comic book where like very explicitly says this is who the joker was before he uh, he was the joker well, and this is how it happened where he got to be as crazy and as cuckoo and as destructive as he is now well, that's the closest and this is like the step like, by step and i agree with what you were saying with like the the multiple choice thing like with with heath ledger you know he said he tells what two or three different versions of yeah. a similar story and it's kind of like you can choose to believe any well, of these or you can choose to not believe them and you can throw in the whole like i'm a man of my word thing you know yeah and well, take him and take like i have this scar on the back of my hand and people are like yo how did you get that scar and i always give them three equally ridiculous choices and tell them one of them is the truth and just sit back and see what happens and I totally understand why that could be like insanely entertaining for a character already as chaotic as the Joker, where you present some really crazy, really hor- horrifying versions of a similar story and leave it to the audience to decide which one is the real one. And in that in that sense, what we get in Joker with Joaquin Phoenix is semi-unprecedented where it's like explicitly okay this like whether or not you know arthur fleck is who he actually is like whether or not that's his name regardless of what like the parents that he comes from biologically the arthur fleck that we are shown on screen is still the genuine explicit origin story for him we're still seeing the walkthrough of how joker becomes joker no, like it doesn't matter what his original name was. Yeah, or yeah. We are it's, conclusively it, watching the man who becomes the Joker. 
Yeah. Yeah. The element of adding that his name in the movie is not even like possibly his real birth name just adds another layer of like complexity to it. And it's one more thing to think about. And it's good that it's there because it just it, it completely adds to the complexity of the story that parallels the complexity of the human mind as it deals with stimuli and as it processes them in very different ways. And in this case, the Joker's external surroundings have molded him into a psychopathic, chaotic killing machine who has for some like in his own brain come to an interesting and I think incorrect conclusion for the most part that I'd hope the horrible things. That, yeah. I hope, I hope for, for the sake of humankind that he's wrong, but the like, Which the, the movie does a things, good job in showing he's wrong. Yes. I was very yes. impressed by that, especially with all the bullshit with Todd Phillips running his mouth. The fact that like, this is clearly shown as like, he is out of control. I'm, I was impressed by how well they handled that part. I'm not political. Which, I just kill because I think it's fun. Yeah, which like that's yeah. one of my favorite things about – and I'm going to finish this thought and then pitch it back to you so you can finish your thought, Spencer. I love the fact that what – that this movie like directly dismantles the Joker's philosophy and like all of the people in the real world who like view him as a feasible blueprint for a worldview – that the fact that like the Joker no. just outright – that the Joker outright says, I don't have a philosophy. I have no political I motives. Do. do you think it's that's part of – It's fucking fun. Do you think that's part of yeah, the Yeah, at commentary? that point – I think that might be. Like I think that the might point be. of the, the Joker gang or like the riots that form in his – you know in his name, quote unquote, is supposed to represent – the people that misinterpret his message as I don't think Todd Phillips book. is that fucking smart. That's true. I don't think Todd Phillips is that smart. I I'd think like that to that, believe so. I think there's a meta commentary there where you can say I don't. I don't want to say I don't think he's that smart. I don't think. I don't think he. In, he views intentionally a comic does book. that. I don't think he's intentionally doing that, and I don't think that he himself wants to give that much of a credo to a comic book story. That's fair. To like be like and the and like like the angry mob is meant to represent the people who think the Joker has something yeah. this I mean and, and to a certain extent I, obviously that is the case. I'm willing because to say they're misunderstanding I, yeah. his motives, but I don't know that that crowd is also meant to represent the people in the real world who unironically do we live in a society shit. I'm going to call yeah. an English teacher on that one where I assign symbolism where it wasn't. I'm proud of it. I know. I, I thought the same thing. I've been toying with that. As, uh, you're absolutely – I fucking – I back that interpretation 100 percent. I don't know that that was his intent, but death of the author. Um, as you were saying though, Spencer. Um, I don't remember quite where I left off to tell you the truth. Well, um, I, I will say this much um, while you try to get that back though. Um, and this isn't me necessarily correcting you specifically. Um, just so much as like I think people have misinterpreted the killing joke a little bit. As time has gone on, because it's our best shot at Joker's origin, the story explicitly goes. The story explicitly says that the Joker isn't sure if that's even true at this point. That like the multiple choice line is ripped from the that book. Yeah, because so like, once once we see him fall into the vat of acid, he gets out of the pipe. He looks in a puddle. He sees that he's bleached, and he laughs. And it cuts back to him and Batman fighting. And he says, if you're going to have a backstory, I prefer it to be multiple choice. 
So yeah, and I and I and I, I I don't and I don't like doing that on air is like telling you you're wrong about comic books because I feel like a dick doing. No, right. That. It's it's but the, the, it's the, honestly been a solid like four years since I've actually sat down and read the the killing which is joke. Fair. Um, I, and but there's also like comic book culture has also misrepresented that story where like people refer to it as the Joker's origin story and don't introduce that asterisk and that caveat of it's the closest we have and what seems like the most feasible and most satisfying version of his origin story. So again, the killing joke is always going to be the blueprint for like, this is what is probably Joker's origin story, but it's still fluid. It's still multiple choice. People still don't fucking know. So right. apologies for correcting you. Cause I sound like, a, no, no, I no, sound no, like a, total, you know, push up the glasses. Well, actually, um, yeah, <laughs> you use the wrong finger. So you're like not flipping off using your middle finger. It's, but yeah, like, it's still the middle finger. You're right. Um, with the the anime glare. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I no. But I just wanted to say, like, I, I I do like the idea that we have an idea of what of where the Joker came from, and that's something I really like about this movie. Is that like, yes, we see his like we see him burst onto the scene in Gotham City. But I still like the fact that like his literal origins, like who he is born from, what his name is, is a mystery because he's – he's I, I, it's I, – there's a chance that like those records are buried somewhere and hard to get to. And because it's Gotham and it's run so shittily that those records are just fucking blowing in the wind somewhere, that there's a chance that – if everything that happened in the movie actually happened, he when he becomes the clown prince of crime, the name Arthur Fleck is not his name. He is Joker. And like, yeah. that I fucking love. And there is some like – again, for Todd Phillips, the guy who made – who had all like the snide comments about comic book movies and like we're going to make a quote real film and disguise it as a comic book flick – the same the guy who had that same comment who has my favorite scene in the movie and i even after thinking about it shocker my favorite scene in the movie is the one that has bruce fucking wayne in it um oh, yeah th- we disagreed on this too i lo- i loved love 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 loved that scene where he's like talking to bruce and like i never thought they were brothers to begin with no but never. the idea but like again the idea know, of it is what you, got you not even the idea but like the metaphor that like they're linked that yeah. these two it's an interesting way to always meant they are always meant to interact these two are going to like again like fucking killing joke they're gonna do this dance until one of them isn't able to anymore yep and yeah. like and they're best buddies and this and like <laughs> the moment i groaned in the theater really loudly <laughs> which i am one to do when i love something and i hate that i do that and it's involuntary but when he reaches through the gate and like makes bruce fucking smile uh. oh my god God, I was like, I was like gripping my armrests and like went, oh, like the, this, 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 this symbolism and the extended metaphor and foreshadowing there of like, this is the beginning of this man trying to put a smile on Bruce Wayne's face. And it, just, uh. it, the bat fanboy in me was just fucking dying. It was so fucking good. I love that scene 
so much. And again, shocker, my favorite moment in the movie is the only scene that has Batman in it. But um, well, not the only scene with Batman in it. But I just I love that scene. I loved, loved, loved that moment. And I just. Damn. On on that idea, Spencer, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Because now I'm curious. Uh, if you want to admit it, I can go. Um, I don't. Uh, I think okay. I'm a really big fan of two scenes in particular. In no, like I haven't found a ranking of them yet, but my two favorite scenes, I think, are the final scene between Arthur and his health and human services agent where he gives her that monologue about like, you don't, you, you never really listen. All I have is negative like, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. All I have is negative thoughts. Um, and then my other favorite scene is when the two guys from his work come by <laughs> the guy that like gave him the gun. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Cause like that scene is so tense and it just goes to show. And it's also like that funny. In a way. Yeah, it's a it's, it's also like really funny in a way. Like, like whenever he shut, he like latches the door and he lets the little guy go and he can't reach it to unlatch the door. Like it's so like, sickening that it's funny, but I laughed so <laughs> there's hard. Some, there's some inherent like that's some old school situation comedy. Hey, right there. You watch the Murray Franklin show. <laughs> Oh my! And, oh and my like, God! I I laughed out loud when after he stabs the bigger guy with the scissors, right? And he's like laying there against the wall. Oh my God, Arthur! Oh my God! Hey, do you watch the Murray Franklin show? <laughs> yeah, that it's is so, so perfect. It's, it's so wonderful. It's I. It's wonderfully written. It's so tense at the right moments, and like breaks it up with comedy at just the right moments. And I think my favorite bit about it is that it shows us a familiar Joker, like the, like a, a Heath Ledger kind of Joker. I like the whole movie dark Knight. He's talking about like chaos. I would, I like, I have a plan, but I also don't have a plan. And that's what makes me so dangerous and so fascinating and awesome. He claims that, like, to not have a plan. He claims he to not to have a plan. Like but did you plan, watch, but did you watch the opening bank robbing scene in that movie? He very clearly has a plan. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it's like that, the irrational chaoticness about him choosing his victims like if you look at some of the other classic villains in Batman's, you know, in his contact book, <laughs> almost all of them have a rationality to the kill. Like even Two-Face, who it's like you got a 50-50 shot. And that, while is not very moral, it's still a very rational decision. I'm going to flip a coin and depending on whether or not that lands on heads or tails, you either live and you or you die. And that's like very rational. It might not be wise or moral, but it's a rational decision. Whereas the Joker in that apartment scene, he kills the the big guy. I don't remember his name, I don't but he kills he kills the big guy. And any other rational human would say, "Okay, this this midget this little person has witnessed a murder that I just did. That's just as bad as the <clears throat> N word. 
We've been canceled. <laughs> We've been canceled. John Mulaney reference for those of you at home. If uh. <laughs> if any any sane person who's trying to like commit a murder of passion and then get away with it, like you got to cover your tracks. But yeah. he's not at all interested in that at this point. Nope. He's like at, at that point he's planning to kill himself in a couple hours. Yeah. He has he has completely like fallen to the point where his identity outside of being a chaotic, irrational killer is, is it no longer relevant? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm talking myself hoarse here because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. But I just – that is the moment in the movie theater when I was like, okay, that's a Joker that I recognize. That is a Joker that I've seen before and the part of him that I love the most is the irrationality in the decisions he makes despite the fact that in the end he has a plan. See, like he's got the I, big picture idea but the minutia of it is completely up to how he feels in the moment. Yeah, that's fair. Um, one of my – one thing that I just didn't – and like granted, again, this is like for all – this is an origin story. It's a prequel. It's whatever. One of the things that just really that didn't feel Joker to me was like he also didn't like, like – yes, Spencer, he has that like erratic nature and yes, he like – he kind of sort of has a plan. Like again, he has like a rough blueprint but like it could change on a on a dime right. if like certain elements he wants to play with, whatever. However, this didn't feel like evil genius Joker. No, which I no, love, no, which like, not like, even I, a little and, bit, and that's and that's again, like, and again, like, or at least he's. I felt like it was at a point where he's on his way there. He's on his way there. Like, like I think he, he gets to the point where he has the charisma to uh-huh. convince people to his I, plans, and now that he's like, oh, now I can just do shit. Yeah, now I have the manpower to just. Yeah, do yeah. there are people who will like lay down their life thinking I have some type of grand plan. I just. That, that that's what kept like kind of irking me was like and and every joker up to this point has had even had some amount of evil genius joker like nicholson was like you know a playing, gangster yeah like he and he you know he was he was a criminal emperor essentially and like you know organizes that big fucking parade gentlemen let's broaden our minds lawrence, lawrence uh q prince uh oh hell New King in town. Anyway. That is officially the outro song. We any objections? Yeah, we what? We we had said in the clowns queued up, but I can. Oh, uh, okay. I'm that's a, that's a that, that's a good choice. Okay, I'm not even right. upset. All right, put a pin in it. We'll put Party Man in next week's um, deal. Nobody let me forget. Uh, but like, you know, Ledger obviously had like all of these crazy fucking plans going the whole length of the Dark Knight. Even Jared Leto's Joker, which I don't like people dogging on, but that's a debate for a different day. A Joker who had a lot less to do in his movie, you know, was able was able to like think through, OK, this is how – OK, we're going to find where the chips are manufactured and we're going to figure out how to track and we're going to figure out where, mid- where they're in in Mid-Bay City. And now I'm going to break in the bell rev and I'm going to break Harley out. And it's like you had like evil genius Joker who was like doing shit like the whole movie where like this – like Arthur just kind of falls into shit and then like lucks his way through it. Um, yeah. 
more like I, I it's an origin story so i understand it not him not being you know yeah the same joker who's capable of you know like the fucking like the plot of arkham asylum you know like obviously he's not there yet so i can forgive it to a certain extent but still it like it, it didn't feel right that he wasn't have this like giant monarchical maniacal arch plan that like monarchical said, monarchical <laughs> uh yes both. It, yeah that um but like you said travis like you can see that he's kind of on his way there like this, especially like, this joker has the charisma to walk into a group of, of gangsters now granted now in this world they would know who he is he's yeah. not coming in as an unknown but he could walk in now and say well simple we kill the Batman. Yeah. And they would be and, like, and like oh. well, he, well, he said it, so we're doing it now, I yeah. guess. Right? Like, even he has spoken. The Joker <laughs> has spoken. And no matter how ridiculous what he says after that is, they're going to fucking do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I, one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is like one of the, like one of the shots where you get like in control, evil genius Joker is when he's waiting in the wings to go on the Murray Frank- Franklin show. It, that, and like it yeah. cuts to him scene. just gazing in, like almost ge- – not into the camera directly, but practically gazing into the camera and you can just see the gears turning. Like that was like – that's one of my his, favorite shots because yeah. like I felt the Joker energy in that His moment. walkout on the furry – the Furry Manklin show. <laughs> <laughs> Got the, Mur- the Murray Franklin show. Back Furry with Man- a vengeance. Furry on the Robert De Niro show. <laughs> um, is is my favorite scene because it so well embodies just the Joker energy that I've known my whole life. Because like when I saw Heath Ledger's Joker for the first time, I was 10, right? I was yeah. between 10 and 12. And I didn't recognize that as the Joker. I had a I had that problem of I don't recognize this character as the Joker because it doesn't look or sound like Mark Hamill or look yeah. Yeah. look like the animated Joker or sound like Mark Hamill. You know what I meant? Yeah, I know what you mean. But and then I I you know as I became a cognitive human being <laughs> realized how incredible that performance was and how that is a un, like that's a unique take on the character and it's very good. Um. That was in that moment of him walking out, doing his his dancing bit, kissing that doctor on the mouth for like a solid yeah. 30 seconds. Like no one else gets away with that shit. No, you know, like Joker's <laughs> one of the only people that would fucking do that and not get well, not 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 get slapped, but he gets slapped and be like, ah, whatever. And then shoot her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. OK, so. I want I want to get into the what was real, what was fake. Now, obviously, we know. Can um, I can I just like hammer out what I think in my reasoning? Because it's very quick. Okay, yeah, 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 sure. So like they they clearly say that every scene of him and the neighbor, yeah, interacting his character, yeah. Um, was it Julia Juliet? I don't. Julian. I don't know if they ever say her name. They do. It's a J name. I can't remember. Um. But like beyond their – it's their first interaction and then nothing else is real and then their last interaction. Yeah. Right? We know that for certain. And then I think everything else happens. Sophie. 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 Something like – yeah. I Something like that. I fucking said Julia and Juliet. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> a, a name you would usually assign to a female. 
Yeah, it's a yeah, it's like a um, normal name you think of. I didn't. Here's why I'm under the impression impression that everything else is happening. You don't include the Batman origin otherwise. Agreed. And that's my that that's if, my sticking point. If you left out the Wayne, like you can even have the interaction between him and Thomas before that, and then his interaction at Wayne Manor with Bruce, and that's all fine. The moment you include the Wayne murder, all of that shit happened. Yeah. And there's no room for interpretation. Yeah. Now, here's something I want to – I really want to go back and see the movie to figure out. The scene at the very end where he's in the feasibly in Arkham. Yeah. Uh, right. Assumedly. And he's talking to the um, the, the, the doctor. Psychiatrist. There. Yeah, the psychiatrist whatever. there. The dead woman. Yeah. <laughs> is is his hair green? The lighting makes it very hard to tell. I, I can't remember if his hair if his hair is green. This all fucking happened. If his hair is black, again, feasibly, it happened and they washed it out. Yeah. yeah. Or that's it that's, didn't happen and all of this is in his head. But again, why the fuck do you include the Wayne murder if you if it wasn't real? Um, why does it cut back to the Wayne murder in that shot? Because he's thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Also, I saw a couple of people refer to him having the line, you wouldn't get it. It's a joke between me and him. Is that what he said? I don't think so. As I heard a couple I heard a couple of sources. I just thought like, of a joke. About, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. I don't remember that. I don't think there's anything after that. That's what I thought. I heard a couple of people say, like, it's between me and him, which like We've come to consensus consensus Schizo. on the show before and been totally wrong. Yeah, I mean, if if that line is in the movie, <laughs> again, this okay. You also have like who's he referring to? Obviously, me and him is probably him referring to the Joker as a separate entity. Yeah, but we know. I don't. We think, know. Yeah, you just set off a chain of events to create the one man who is capable of dealing with you. Yeah. The one man who beat you. Anyway, um, I still that's that. that's I next that level right what? there. I hate that line. I hate that fight. I hate that. Scene. What we? I will fisticuffs you over this right. Not right now. Not alive on the air. Gentlemen, please, please. I cannot physically separate you, but we need to table Batman this discussion. Of all time, we need to table it. Table it. Next week, like we will have this is the discussion topic. Oh my god! Yes, is, it is the Batman Returns fight scene? Oh my good god! Or not? Oh my Tune god! Tune in next week, all of you, including the two of you idiots on the other side of this line. <laughs> I I've come around. Table it. I've come around on it being logical, and I can agree that it would happen that way. I still don't like it. Moving on. Anyway. Um. I, I, I like if that line does happen, which I wasn't. I didn't think it did. So it, yeah, I, don't I know. think you might be making that one up. Pal. I saw other people cite that line, unless they're implying it, like kind of being like an implicit, like metatextual yeah. type thing. Anyway, yeah. um, so no, I didn't. I think the framing of the final like moments of the film create the possibility that none of this happened. Because, like, you go from what I think should have been the final shot of him standing yeah. among all the clowns. Yeah. And then the, cop. the end. Car. Credits. Yeah. 
with him like standing among all of his loyal followers. I think jumping from that to him in the mental hospital, knowing about all of his delusions and hallucinating him on these dates with Sophie and like the moment I was ready to check out of the movie and like, oh my God, this is, this is the incel masterpiece. Like, like Joker is incel Jesus now was whenever like he murdered those guys who worked for Wayne Enterprises and then just showed up and fucked Sophie without even knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> like this, like, like the, he like shows up in clown makeup, like, and just opens the door and just like throws himself on her. Like he's known her for 10 years and hasn't seen her in five. Yeah. Like that. I was like, no, 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 way. no, 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 this is. And then like, oh, this didn't happen. Cool. We're good. Oh, I knew, yeah, that was that was. A, see, you said I remember we got out. We were talking about it and you were like, oh, yeah, her daughter wasn't there for any of the scenes that are together after the elevator. That's how I knew. And I was like, no, I just knew that shit wouldn't happen. He'd get smacked. I, <laughs> well, I mean that. He, I mean, yeah, he would get me too. Yeah. In the 80s. <laughs> i i had my suspicions at that same point jared where you're talking about he just murders the wall street guys and then comes in and throws himself on like i had my suspicions but the part i was like absolutely not is when his mom is in the hospital and she's there with him i'm like there's no way that's me too well that she's there with him but she perfectly leaves just before he gets humiliated on the Murray Franklin show. She yeah. leaves. She's not in the room to see that happen. She's also at his stand-up set laughing at his joke when there's not actually a joke. And like a lot of people have also cited that like the way that we see his stand-up set go down in that scene when it happens is different from what's shown on the Murray Franklin show. That like the bit's even right. worse. Now, I can't tell if we just don't see that part of it until Murray Franklin or if it's like legitimately the whole set went and like, like even his best version of that was terrible. And then we no. see it and it's worse <laughs> At, from the first person perspective of that stand up set. By the end of the scene, there were definitely people actually laughing. Now, that. That is again. We're getting into the now. Did any of this even really happen? We're getting into that territory. Well, like he was, where like he's projecting his like desired reality yeah. onto an actual situation, and we only get to see what's in what's going on in his mind. That's yeah. That's when that scene but, happens. I always I read it. I say I always read it. I read <laughs> it as he is imagining that this like it starts off rocky and then it goes fantastic. And yeah, then he goes that, on his yeah. walk with Sophie, and then when we see it on the Murray Franklin show, it's it, awful. We clock into reality and realize that the whole set was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. never won him over. Yeah, yeah. I just I well, something I really want to address about this movie, um, among many other things, among many other things, <laughs> and this is this is going to get directly at my. I it was amazing. I hated it. Um, I was, I think in the moment taken aback by the fact that the movie avoided the things that I was socially afraid of. 
in that Joker was going to be painted as some type of anti-hero and that the I just want to watch the world burn, you know, we live in a clown world shit was going to be validated by this movie. Yeah, um, I'm, and I, I was I was impressed by how, like I said earlier, not only did this movie refute that, it blatantly said, I don't have a philosophy. There isn't a non like, – like my philosophy isn't nihilism. It's I don't fucking care. Yeah. And like I do what I think is funny. Exactly. And it wasn't like, no, the Joker is just the ultimate nihilist. He's not even a nihilist. He's just a monster. Yeah. Like if if Batman is the ultimate like just embodiment of this like chaotic justice, Joker is chaotic evil incarnate. There is no philosophy. There is no root cause. It's I want to hurt you because I take joy in it. Yeah. And I was I think I was incredibly impressed by that. And Walking Phoenix's performance and all and again, all of the amazing things, like I said, the score, the cinematography, all that stuff. I was so impressed by the. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. I was so impressed no, by that. No, finish your thought. I was so impressed by Todd Phillips actually having a reverence for the comics. In that, like I said, and I know you didn't much care for it, Travis, but like this, in in showing that scene with Bruce and like the Batman fan in me seeing all of like the beautiful foreshadowing there and seeing like that, seeing the Wayne murders and all that. I was so impressed by that. That is where it's amazing came from. And the it's not that I like hate that scene or would completely remove it. I just from that mo- like from the moment of Thomas Wayne is my father. Yeah. Which I, you know, immediately I bullshit. <laughs> granted, my line of logic got proven incorrect because my logic was he has mental problems. He's related to his mother. His mother probably has mental problems and is totally making this shit up. That's another yeah. reason why I was and I wasn't convinced yeah. that Sophie was there. Was I was like, uh, I think she's imagining Thomas, and now he's imagining her. But yeah, and so and that gets flipped the whole way into they're not even related. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> um, like from that moment, I I was like, okay, so this is how we get. Him getting punched in the face, whatever. Yeah. But like, I don't want the Wayne murder. I want to leave questioning, or at the very least, like I want this to be Joker. And as and you and I, like from the moment he leaves the the Murray Franklin show when the car gets hit, and it's panning down the street, and we both saw Zorro. Zorro, you and I were like, oh shit, they're about to get fucking body. Yeah. I, <laughs> you and I looked at each other. We looked back and I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, this is the one thing I didn't want. And they didn't even imply it. They showed the whole thing. Well, I, I would have been okay with – Well, for those of you at home real quick. Oh, yeah. That, like, yeah. Just, just so you're aware of like why Travis and I said that. Just because it's – Okay. It's just it's different in different versions. The yeah, when – Yeah, in certain versions it's an opera. In certain versions it's the Grey Ghost. In certain versions it's whatever. In certain versions – Bruce Wayne and his parents are leaving a viewing of Zorro when they're gunned down. And like the image of vigilante clad in black with a cape is like so ingrained into his mind, like him loving Zorro and remembering Zorro is an influence on him becoming the Batman. Um, 
uh, real quick while Travis is in the bathroom, I the thing that I think I truly like dislike is that this movie is incredibly fucking pretentious. And like there's a good chance that like that's me knowing Todd Phillips thoughts and that there's this like again like the whole idea of we're going to sneak a moot of film into a comic book movie that that thought is just so pervasive from what Todd Phillips said before that the whole time I'm watching it in the back of my mind I'm like this is taxi driver but dumber this is king of comedy but dumber this is all of these tropes about a character with mental illness with every single stereotypical like plot twist. Like I've read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've seen Taxi Driver. I've seen King of Comedy. You're te- this shit is so telegraphed and you're acting like we as the it's, audience it's are so stupid. Stuff. Yeah, and like there's like an implication there that like the, because the audience that's there for the comic book movie is too fucking is, dumb to have seen Taxi just, Driver. Yeah. And that and like and I was getting angry watching the movie and I couldn't put my finger on it. And like every time I'd be like, this is pissing me off. There's the scene with Bruce Wayne. This is pissing me off. Joaquin Phoenix is like fucking killing it. This is pissing me off. I love this theme. I love this melody. And like every time there was like something that would off balance that. And then it occurred to me like a day and a half later, like while I was working at Geo's, like I'd like the, literally the word finally hit my brain. And I went, it's fucking pretentious. Yeah. And it hit me, and like that's that's what really, really frustrated me about this movie. Do you think you'd feel the same way if he hadn't made that comment? If if the implication wasn't you as a comic book fan and a comic book movie fan are too dumb to understand these very played not, out, yeah, very played out <laughs> tropes. Yeah, I honestly, I possibly because of the the hype around the movie itself. Like and I and I know we've talked about his work on this channel before or on this pod, podcast before. Like high top films, like what he said. Like oh man, like you got to do cape flicks like this. Like yes, you're right to a point, and that you should let auteurs do their thing. I also again, it, a lot of that video comes down to I don't want another MCU. Which again, I love you, Alex. Fuck off. Um, but. I just there's the the people who like hate the DC who hate who hate the MCU who are you know people who have the take that Scorsese has that it's not real cinema there still would have been people like that even if the writer and director didn't say a goddamn word Fair enough. who would have been saying it as well who would have been praising this movie as well where again I'm left saying now what where I'm left feeling you think I'm too like I like Iron Man I'm too fucking dumb to appreciate Taxi Driver. Maybe that's just me, but like I, that's the vibe I got from this movie, and that is made so much <clears throat> more difficult to digest because of what Todd Phillips said before. Is that you know like I'm we're, again the phrase we're sneaking a real film into a comic book movie. I couldn't stop thinking about that yeah, phrase. That, Your definition of a real film is pretending to be fucking Scorsese, and. Like nothing again because again the movie was good. You're fine. Like the, the the movie's good. I enjoyed it, but it is not as smart as it thinks it is. It is not as clever as it thinks it is. It is not as new as it thinks it is. And that's what fucking annoys me. 
You don't get to condescend to an entire group of people who are going to come to see your movie to support artwork based off of a property they are in love with. You don't get to condescend to that whole fucking group of people, and then the art that you churn out is derivative, stale, and been there, done that. You don't get to fucking do that. That is so rude and insulting to so many people. And the more I've thought about that, the more frustrated I've gotten. Because I, it, I totally agree. Yeah. Because it, it was just such an explicit, you like Marvel movies, you clearly have never seen a fucking Scorsese flick. Go fuck yourself. I, I And that's what I truly dislike about this movie, is the, how pretentious it is. The, the offsetting point for me was... <laughs> the, the actual we live in a society. society. <laughs> when it happened, I was taken aback. Because I, I genuinely did not expect him to say the words. And it's not he doesn't even say exactly we live in a society. I think it's because we are in a society. We are in a society. Or something like that. Yeah. But because I was I was enjoying the movie. When, once he kills his mother, a switch flips. He stops taking his medication. He's, yeah. he's fully realized the power he has over other people's lives by like doing what he finds is funny. And that's when he becomes the Joker. That's when that persona f- truly kicks in. That's yeah. when the comic book element kicks in and he's the Joker and I recognize his character and I love watching that character in these moments. I also like and it's it's a very it's a very comic booky thing where it's like, you know, I There's an like there's this moment you've, that you've just, had you've had this other personality inside you the whole time. Where like you know, with all the different people who have taken up the cape you, and cowl, you move to be a hero without thinking about it. Exactly. Like I, like with all the different people who have succeeded Bruce Wayne, I think there is just something about who Bruce Wayne is that he will always be the best Batman, and that like Clark Kent had the Superman sensibilities in him, yeah, from birth and from the way that the Kents raised him. And that, like, well, I mean, Peter Parker, despite being this irresponsible kid who gets drunk on power at first, I think at the end of the day, always would have ended up being a force for good. The Joker, Arthur, always had this, like, always had that vile violence inside him. That's the point of his book is that violence and these terrible things are what he finds funny, like, genuinely. Yeah. And so – to watch him come into that. I mean, like, on your point of the Batman, the whole point of him leaving a Zorro film. Yeah. Is that he's, and it, they always, they always mention it's like the fifth time this week he's wanted to see it, is that he's always been fascinated with the idea of someone outside the law. Of a caped crusader, yeah, vigilante. Like yeah. Pursuing justice outside of the normal means because it's not enough. That's always been part of Bruce Wayne. Finding these terrible things to other people funny is always funny to Joker. Yeah. And he's he realizes that he comes into that persona, and even though he's not necessarily in the full get up. Yeah. It's like the purple suit and the bleached skin yeah. and like a cane. Or not even shit. I'm talking before that when he's like oh. practicing with the makeup and he's practicing for his appearance on the, the Murray Franklin show. I almost fucked it up again. Murray <laughs> <laughs> Franklin. Um I almost said Franklin Murray. Oh. Uh because two first names club. That son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, like in, when he's practicing for that and when he kills the big guy, like he's he's the Joker then. And you can see it in his movements and the changes in his speech. 
he's not uncontrollably laughing because it was never really his condition. And I, I think yeah. like that's the switch and to watch him then have that persona go on to the Franklin Murray show. I did it <laughs> to watch him. He's like, this, the look in your eyes is like, I can, I saw in you what I felt when I acted, when I said like, just straight up Kirk, the jerk and, and didn't think about it. But to watch him with that charisma go on to the show in his first few lines while he's there are so good. They're so Joker. And even like the first bit of his monologue is fine because he's You don't talking. like Angry Joker though. I I don't like Angry Joker when it's practically unprovoked. I don't like that in that moment that scene is perfect to me if he cuz where I thought it was going to go was he was going to do the knock knock and he in the you know there's the scene he's practicing and he pulls out the gun and blows his brains out. Yeah. And so I thought he was going to go on, screw it up once, yeah. but not pull out the gun. And then he pulls out his book, thinks about it for a sec, knock, knock, pulls out the gun and shoots Robert De Niro. Yeah. That's how I thought that scene was going to go. And he laughs hysterically. Everyone runs. Everything else goes the way it does, maybe without the Wayne murder. Uh, yeah. And instead, we got the interaction. And at first, I still liked it because it had the... I'm not a political figure stuff in there. Yeah. Like he, again, I, I love so much that this, like, again, the, this is not a valid political opinion. Yeah. To have. This is, he doesn't have an it's, opinion. He's just a murderer. He's like, it's not, it's not even nihilism. Yeah. It's beneath nihilism. <laughs> I'm just a monster and it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then as they're talking, he flips back to angry Arthur for a second. Yeah. And in that moment, I completely dissociated from the movie. I, and I think that's why I hated the Wayne murders. Like that, I came out of it and I was like, nope, didn't like it. Didn't like that. And then I saw the Wayne murder. And I was like, didn't want to see that. And then it showed the Wayne murder. And I was like, you could have just implied it. Well, I think, yeah. I think, okay. First of all, I was really expecting this to go the Jack Napier, Batman 89 route. And oh, have it's actually Arthur that and shoots have them. Joker that kills the Waynes, which I was I was I was prepared for that like going in. I was hoping that wouldn't happen. And that's part of that's part of him in that I loved in that moment was that like he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, he he's, doesn't. He's not yeah. angry at Thomas because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and then to watch him get angry at the other father figure he had at the beginning of the film. Yeah, just didn't work. For me, at least. I I don't know. I I don't know, first of all. And again, like com movies are allowed to change whatever they want. Um, obviously. You know, I, there's some there have been some amazing changes from one that bleeds into the other that fantastic. No, I'm not complaining about things that change. I just don't I like the idea of Joe Chill either being hired or just desperate. That like he gets lucky, maybe doesn't even realize he's sticking up Thomas and Martha Wayne until it's too late. Or like in like the Batman Telltale game or in the Dark or in like the Dark Knight trilogy where like he's hired by Falcon Maroney. 
or he he's hired by one of the fucking crime I think, bosses. I think you just flipped his name. It's Falcone, isn't it? It's Falcone. It's Carmine Falcone and Salvador Maroni. Yeah, I was saying like one of the crime families, like yeah, you know, the Falcones or the Maronis or whatever. Um, they're like he, they're like he's hired on and brought on to kill one of them, like, <clears throat> the, by like like yeah. one of the big mafiosos yeah. in that area. I don't know how I feel about it being like a political like no fuck you. You know I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's whatever for me. I don't I, – I liked seeing it that way and like I said to you, I so badly want to see the Batman that comes out of this version of Gotham City. Like this is like – Already jokered Gotham. Already jokered Gotham. Because usually it's the reverse where the Batman – gives rise to the Joker, like in the Killing yeah. Joke story, right? Where he's been Batman for a couple of years and suddenly this random clown shows up. Yeah. Versus the clown causing the bat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you said that and I, I responded Without that with, weird cyclical thing that 89 yeah. does where like Jack Napier turns Bruce Wayne into Batman and Batman turns Jack Napier into the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, yeah. I want to see the Gotham that Bruce Wayne comes home to after his training. Yeah. Because it's got to be a fucking shit show. Like, more so than, like, how do, usually it's implied that Bruce comes back at Gotham's lowest point. Yeah, like, like he, it's miraculously gotten worse since the Wayne murders. How does it get worse than clowns rioting in the streets? <laughs> how does it get worse than Gotham's, like, most notorious crime lord already being in action? Yeah. <laughs> like... I there's a lot of things there that I really want to get into um at some, with other stories and I don't I know they've they've teased the idea of a sequel and they've said maybe we'll do it I don't know yet Phillips has said he's down Joaquin has said he is most certainly not so yeah because he doesn't like multi picture deals he was almost Doctor Strange he shot it down because he didn't want yeah. to do a multi picture thing um. Yeah. So if if they're able to throw a hilarious enough amount of money to make Joaquin Phoenix come back, um, you know, obviously Todd Phillips is not averse to a sequel. He did the fucking Hangover trilogy. Um, I I would be interested to see what else you can do with this version of the Joker moving forward. Um, I again, like the political implications of this movie are uh, for anybody who's seen it are dead in the water. And like again, that was my biggest thing going in was I don't want this movie to be this – to be incel Jesus. Um, I think from – because from the get-go, like the, the marketing of We Watch a Man Go Insane isn't necessarily accurate. Like he's one step away from being the Joker. He just happens to be heavily medicated. Yeah. And, you know, like there's there's enough going on to distract him from the idea of what if I just start killing people? Yeah. Like what happens then? Yeah. And like I also – But I, like that that notion's always there. He's not driven to it. I also want to like I, – I want to address like the controversy about the violence itself. Which isn't – I don't get me wrong. This is a violent movie. It's very good. It's rated R for a reason. That said – Deadpool had more violence. This is this is nowhere right. near as violent as I was waiting for. Like I watched Stuckman's spoiler review 
and he made a comment. He's like, I was expecting him to like smash someone's jaw off with a baseball bat with how violent people were hyping this up to be. And I was the same way. Like, I'm expecting him to like fucking disembowel somebody or some shit. Like I'm wait, I'm ready for like the kind of violence that's gonna make me ill in the theater. Now don't get me wrong, when he fucking punches a dude in the throat with the scissors and shit, I was like I, I was squirming. It was unsettling. And that's very graphic violence. But like the fucking ultimate cut of Batman v Superman's more violent than this. You know, like not and I'm being slightly hyperbolic when I say that, but like the most violent kill in the movie is the scissor thing. You know, like outside of that and and then in again, you know There's a there's a level of realism to it though. Yes. That, but the even the scissor thing, they cut away multiple times. Yeah. Like you can't like you like Arthur and the guy's neck and head aren't perfectly in the frame. So like most of what you're seeing is just Arthur drawing back, blood hitting the wall. I'm referring more to when he shoots Robert De Niro. Yes. And when he shoots the the first guy he shoots on the train caught me off guard. Yeah. Because like like I expected it to happen, but like when it happens, it's a couple it's like three or four seconds later you realize I just watched blood splatter on that train. He shot that kid. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it's happening. Like this is real. <laughs> Not to different conversation of is it was it real? Was it not? Like no, I know what you but mean. Like, yeah. this is, holy shit! He just shot a person. Oh yeah. my god! I also think it's interesting. That, like, I don't know. Joke. His 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 first blood isn't even malicious. I think, oh, uh, let me take. Let me let me let me dial that back. He enjoyed the shit out of killing them. I don't think it could have been. Because he needs to feel what it's like before he makes the active choice to want to do it again. Does that make sense? That's valid. That's like, fair. That's I really fair. Because, okay. of, because of the situation he's in when we see him, he's st- he knows he wants to, but can like is told that it's not right and is like, well, I don't want to do what's not right. And yeah. then he does it. Like he just has to. And suddenly it's the greatest thing he's ever felt. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised. Like, we, we see that he stops taking his medication and that's how he, like, kind of finally comes to. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if in an original cut of this script, he's a semi-drug addict that is able to kick that habit once he starts killing. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. As, as, like... <laughs> Very ham-fisted as that is, yeah. Because I mean, I'm not a writer. I'm not a professional writer. I mean, the, the, well, in your defense, it's already ham-fisted yeah. to do the. Ooh, mentally ill people are just one misprescription away from killing everyone else. When, like, no, they're just more of a danger to themselves than anybody else. Like, and, 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 and back to what I was saying earlier. Like, some of the plot points here are some of the most played out shit ever. Down to was it all a fucking dream? Seriously. Anyway, as you were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, that was about it. You know, I like, just yeah, I I don't think his first kills could have reali- realistically been um, an act of yeah, an act of aggression. I'm, and yeah, it, even it turns into that in that scene. Oh yeah, he hunts he, the guy down. Yeah, he shoots the guy, shoots the other guy, and he's like, okay, that was self defense, and I hit that other guy in the leg. I want to get him too. Yeah, I want to. I fuck him. To, yeah. yeah. No, you're no, you're right. I, I see that. Um, Spencer, we've been doing a lot of talking. I, I, we've been 
This is in addition to what we did after the movie, like immediately. Yeah, this is, we were just standing in the parking lot, and like like I said, it was mostly just me saying it's amazing. I hate it. It's amazing. I hate it. It's amazing. I hate it. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to Spencer. Do you have any thoughts at the moment that you want to say before we get into box office? Um, yeah, one more thing. Um, I was. I was realizing as I'm running through the movie in my head and we're talking that I picked up on another example of like his mental decline throughout the course of the movie. And I think, you know, he starts out as more or less like he's got he's got some underlying psychotic issues, but more or less he's a normal guy. And at, by the end of the movie, he's a complete psychopath. And I think I was trying to think like, OK, so what's the step in between and how and does he even express that? And I think it is the idea of so, him being a sociopath. And I was like, OK, so where is that? And I realized that when his mother is in the hospital and he's like outside the entrance having a smoke and the cops come up and start asking him questions it's like the way he handles himself during that encounter is like really smooth, really it's very, dry but believable. Yeah, and and like the line like, uh, so we hear you also carry around this card that says you got a laughing condition. Is 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 that true or is is that part of your act as well? Your clown and he just like, thing. And he just like flips the cigarette with his finger, turns around, and he's just like, "What do you think?" And he walk like well he, then he walks into the the glass door <laughs> but like without the the, the breakup yeah. that was the glass like that that whole sequence was just like so enthralling for me and I'm realize I'm, I'm realizing as we're sitting here recording it was like okay that's the identifiable point where like not necessarily you have to pass from normalcy into socio sociopathology into psychopathology. But like, there is evidence the Joker of that persona step is starting in the middle. To take root. Yeah. And as I'm thinking through that, I was like, "Oh wow, there's like more depth to this um, than I'd previously thought." So that was my last. Yeah. That was my last intelligent thought before we get into box office. So, uh, Travis, you had you had the most recent box office update uh, yeah. queued up for a second there. Um, I still have it. Okay, good. From, I don't remember what... Deadline. Deadline, yeah. Reports that Joker yesterday, as of recording, so Monday, brought in $9.7 million, which is the best Monday ever in an October. Wow. And then overall... Stands near <clears throat> $106 million. Um, And it opened... On the weekend with ninety six million, which beat out uh, Justice League's opening weekend or domestic. I should mention, yeah, yeah, that's a domestic. Uh, it's um, it I, hasn't opened in China yet, if I'm not mistaken. China, <laughs> we're, we're back on China. China. Yeah, we're back to China. Well, it's still a big market China. for these movies. They do maybe not for long. Well. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I think worldwide it's almost at 300 million already can i can i can i tell them my favorite box office nugget about this that yes. i think is fucking that i've been waiting to tell spencer about because i know he's gonna laugh his ass off you may uh you have my permission we're going back to our nom days to talk about the movie that we that that uh that must not be named on this podcast oh boy within its opening weekend joker almost outperformed dark phoenix's entire domestic run wow 
<laughs> Am I surprised? Not a bit. No. No, I'm not surprised. That was the worst comic book movie I have ever seen. Bar none. I... That includes Suicide Squad. <laughs> that includes Batman v Superman, which I'm still not a fan of. What about hey. Batman and Robin? Ooh. Mm, yeah, it was still worse than Batman and Robin. That's a like, spicy you can at, take. You can, you can at least laugh at Batman and Robin. I'll give you like, that. It's it's hard to watch Dark Phoenix and laugh at it. You just like watch it and you're like, ah, I just feel oh, brain cells hurts. dying. <laughs> I'm so sad. This hurts. See, I you, you, there's not much to laugh at with Dark Phoenix, but again, uh, <laughs> I still can't get over Cyclops and his abrupt f bomb. Like that's still oh, the funniest yeah. thing ever to me. And he's like, "Don't you? If you touch her, I'm gonna fucking kill you!" Like that's still my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's doing very well at the box office. Um, clearly, to no one's surprise. I mean, no, yeah, even with all the controversy, it doesn't have much comp- competition right now either. That's, I mean, October, scary month. Uh, you know, and it counts. Yeah, this counts definitely. Um, I definitely put this and up all there. the controversy is getting it so much free uh, advertising, so much fucking free press unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, real quick, now that we we've gotten like through most like the review review section here, um, I want to tell the story about what happened to us in the theater, like in detail. Sure, because uh, we've, we've 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 referenced things that happened. Um, so we got there. Uh, we 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 got dinner, and then Travis and I uh, and our and his uh, friend from work all got there. My and boy Zach, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Zach. birthday, Zach! Oh my goodness, Zach doesn't listen to this show. That's fine. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Uh, but we got there. Now, leading up to it. Assuming nothing has happened between now and then, uh, Tra- Travis and I were making many, many, many off-colored jokes. All about, three of us were honestly. Yeah, like it was. A, it was yeah, rough. I mean, we, we have the receipts of ours at least. Um, oh, I have receipts of his too. Uh, Travis and I were making lots of jokes about uh, um, uh, possibly wearing uh, fedoras and Kevlar to keep ourselves safe at the screening. We had a um, talk beforehand about how if anything happens, we were just going to shout gamers rise up <laughs> to avoid fire. <laughs> uh, we were making many, 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 many jokes like that. Um, so, so you know that, uh, that again, because again, there was very real concern. There were there were people arrested. Um, I saw certain theaters issuing a no singles policy where you basically had to come in with a buddy. Otherwise, I wouldn't give you a ticket to Joker. Um, wow. I almost made a joke. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of the Can market I, for this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I might make the same joke. I don't want to steal it from you. The, I don't know if you want to make me cut it. That's the problem. We'll Do, find out. Does my AR-15 count as my buddy? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it. If TJ if, gets to say fucking hot tits, you get to say that. What if, what if it's wearing a fedora? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Um, anyway, uh, that's why I was worried. We're keeping that one. All right. Uh, cause that, that makes the story of when I thought I saw a gun even funnier. Um, oh God, I forgot about that. 
So <laughs> I'm going to make so, fun of you for that. Moving on. Feel free. I got, I got antsy. I'm sorry. It, it did that thing. There was too much weird shit happening in that movie it's, at that point. It's the most like owned lib thing that's ever happened to you. That will ever happen to you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. It was a, we'll get there. I hope Chad listens to this episode. Uh, he will. He will. And I'm and like he's next time I see him, he's just going to bring multiple scopes and just show me how they actually fucking look like. And it's I can hear Spencer's confused face right now as Yo, to what I, the fuck is going yeah, on. Yeah, you, you lost me. Okay, we're getting there. So Travis, Zach, and I all sit down and we're getting ready to watch the movie. And um during the trailers, out of nowhere, a very strong smell wafts through the theater now spencer you're here uh zach travis and i were sitting in the very very back of the auditorium um out of shooting range and (laughs) i'm so sorry um we're sitting back there and we're kicking it and again this very strange smell wafts through the theater and zach leans over to me he's like somebody just shit their pants i'm like somebody shit their pants or they just lit up some pot um, and I, I looked at Travis and I mouthed the words, I smell a dab pen. Like I could smell someone smoking. So someone. yeah, we smelled it early. And then about a quarter of the way through the movie, you just see this puff. It's, it wasn't even like a big pretentious rip off a of vape. But well, this, there was also we <laughs> because like the screen was really bright at that moment. Mm-hmm. We could see the cloud billowing up from this person. <laughs> Oh man! And they couldn't. They were like, "Okay, someone is smoking in the theater." Yeah. And this same person was obnoxiously taking Snapchat selfies with the flash on during the fucking movie while smoking from his dab pen, (laughs) drawing as much fucking attention to himself as possible. Uh, So there was that. Okay, I'm going to explain. Okay, so can I I tell the the story of the family? Yes, please. So also during the trailers. Everyone's situated. A couple trailers have played. It, it looks like no one else is coming into this theater. And we hear the doors open. And we hear multiple pairs of feet. Right? There's more than one person. And what turns the corner is two parental figures of some kind and three children age, aging... No. Aging in rage. Ranging in age. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a long day yesterday, Jared. Aging in rage. <laughs> Ranging in age from eight, probably 10, and probably 12. No. I would even say younger than that. The, the youngest was probably like seven or eight. I would say like the little girl was probably seven or eight, the boy was probably 10, and then the older one was maybe 11 or 12. Something like that. Yeah. And I might be overshooting. Um, but they walk up and as we see, and they're in order of age from oldest to youngest. Yeah, so like they're like, in like fucking height order. And <laughs> Jared and I look at each other, look back at these kids as we see a younger one and then a younger one. We gripped each other's hands, <laughs> looked at each other, went, dear God, no. <laughs> like this can't be happening. Someone didn't really do this. Please. No. Two, two trailers what later. What was it for? What the fuck was it for? It was, was it Terminator or... No, the 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 trailer when they walked in or the trailer when they left? The trailer when they left. Was, I'm getting there. I'm getting was there. Was it Jojo Rabbit? It wasn't no. Jojo Rabbit. They were there for that one. They were there for all of the Jojo Rabbit trailer. Um, at some point, 
at, at some point they had to explain the fucking Holocaust and Hitler to these small children now that they are aware of Jojo Rabbit. At Ugh. some point we hear someone in the theater and we know immediately it's someone from this family. I think we walked into the wrong auditorium. No, no, no. <laughs> it was it was even more concise than that, which is what made it funny, is one of them went, I think we're in the wrong movie. It was <laughs> Really fucking and, loud. And like, we looked almost at like a John Mulaney punchline. Just we're in the wrong movie. This is I think this is Joker. We're not supposed to be in this theater. <laughs> and they stand up, and Jared and I both like we're both like up, chest out, like gripping our seats. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. And as they stand up, we both kind of deflate into our chairs in relief. Just in time for the Zombieland 2 trailer to start. Uh. <laughs> With Jesse, with Jesse Eisenberg sitting on a fake Santa's lap. Do you want, do you want to know what I want for Christmas? And for Santa to go, no one fucking cares, and push him off his lap. <laughs> no. So in order, it went. I think we're in the wrong movie. I think this is for Joker. No one fucking cares. <laughs> <laughs> My dudes, that it's. You can't That's make this shit crazy. up. You can't. You can't write that shit. Okay, so flash forward into the movie. Gotcha, Lib over here. During the scene where he's getting the paperwork, do you know what I'm talking, Spencer? Yes. Where he's yes. like going because like Thomas Wayne just told him he was adopted. He's going to get the paperwork from Arkham. Jared, okay. what did you do? So multiple times throughout the movie, when the when the when the screen got bright, I. Out of the corner of my eye, just saw something black, um, just what? further down in the auditorium, and I kept glancing over it. I'm like, "What the fuck do I keep seeing moving around?" And at this point, we've had we're in the wrong movie. The dude's fucking smoking. Like we saw a Taking couple flash photography. Yeah, like at this point, like I'm on edge because like I'm on edge because I was admittedly nervous because of all of the hubbub about the movie. And then like so much weird shit had happened that I'm like already like what's going to happen next. I keep seeing this person moving around and I'm getting more and more anxious. And I will say right now, I knew it wasn't a fucking gun, but I was still kind of antsy and like, I'm the kind of guy and Spencer has been, there for this happening multiple times where I will close the door and lock the door and drive a block away and go, we need to go back. I need to double check the door. Yes, I ha can confirm that I, I just get fucking antsy. <clears throat> and I was like, I, I was like, I know that's not a fucking gun. I know that's not a rifle. I know that's not the scope of a rifle because I was, but I just kept seeing this, this dark, cylindrical shape just keep peeking out when the screen got bright and i was like i don't know what the fuck that is it's probably not a firearm but you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk down the aisle past whatever this shape is just to get and a good investigate. look at it <laughs> spencer do you know what it was do you want me to tell you what it was spencer? was it a stray hot dog that would be a no what it was, someone like a couple rows up had a broken leg 
and had it, fuck off, Spencer. And had his leg resting on like a like a portable footrest. Yeah, yeah. For someone in a cast that was metal and kept reflecting. No, it wasn't that it was reflecting. It was like a little. There was a cylindrical black node on the top of it that I just kept seeing move every so often. And I was like, "What the fuck is that thing?" He thought someone's it broken. Must leg. be a gun. He thought I, this dumb lib over here <laughs> thought someone's broken leg was a gun. This we got dumb him. Lib. Uh, I had a moment and I was uncomfy and I had to investigate. This- the, this the funniest, dumb lib. The funniest part about this is Zach told us after. So right before that, I actually got up and used the bathroom. I, I got <laughs> Zach up. Was fucking hilarious. I got up, walked out, used the bathroom, came back, and I sat down. Jared filled me in on what I missed because I I missed the entire conversation between him and the guy getting the files. Basically, yeah. Um, I I came back right as he's like ripping them out of his hands and running off. Uh, Jared. Once he does that, gets up, is like, I'm using the bathroom. Walks down. <laughs> Told a boldface fucking lie. Walks down that the, the stairs and within like not even five seconds is already back up the steps. Like uh, he, oh, I, I, I went down yeah, and no, like he, I was already down here. So I'm like, I'm just going to. I'm just going to make this count and like look at my phone for a minute to just like yeah, clear walked, all my notifications. He, he walked around the thing. I'm like, OK, he left. And then when he was coming back up, I was like. Man, that some like that was really fast. That's kind of <laughs> impressive. Superpower. And then Zach was like, after the movie, he said, "Yeah, Travis stood up, and then Jared stood up, and I got fucking worried that they both saw something I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> Followed by uh, after good. we were standing in the parking lot for maybe like fifteen twenty minutes talking about the movie, and there's a. For those of you at home, Spencer, you know this. There's a Dick's Sporting Goods. Like, uh, yes. I forgot <laughs> connected to the theater. Like it's the theaters in a strip behind the actual shopping mall. And as we're standing there talking, we hear. Oh, from the, like clearly from Dick's. And we look at each other and go, oh, cool. Dick's alarm is going off. That's kind of funny. You know what Dick sells? All right, guys, this was fun. See you tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Someone got, way. someone got bold. Someone somebody did not go stole a freaking handgun. Well, and again, like as somebody who works at the mall, I know how often those security alarms can go off. For no reason. Because somebody accidentally bumped into a button. And I and again, we didn't see anything on the news. So Someone definitely bumped into a button or like yeah. stole however, a fucking football. However, but, circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those, okay, we're going to leave now and uh, – Yeah, uh, good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now, real quick before we wrap up the review here, what are we looking at time-wise? Only an hour 50. Fucking really? seriously? Yeah. I think because we didn't try to break down the – like we didn't go scene yeah. by scene. Yeah. That's what slows us down a lot usually. This is by far our most concise movie review. Shocking. I think we have ever done. Yeah. Well, rather than go Despite the fact that it is like the most complex movie to tear apart. But we tore apart the things we wanted to tear apart. Right, yeah. right. Because well, that's it. That's just it. This movie. That's a lie. I didn't tear apart one thing that we talked about a little bit. And Spencer, I want to run this by you. 
Okay, go for it. Every time there was a, a stand-up comedian that wasn't Arthur. Oh, I want to get into this, yeah. Okay. Every time there was a stand-up comedian that wasn't Arthur or Robert De Niro. Because Robert wasn't really doing stand-up. He was more just doing the late night. He's doing yeah. the monologue. Yeah. yeah, like ripping on people bit. So there's no real timing to that. It was noticeable to me that like I couldn't even – I wasn't even paying attention to what was being said in the jokes. Just the way they were being delivered, I thought it was intentional that they were purposefully delivered so they weren't funny. Does that make sense? Like it felt like someone, yeah. like someone was reading a joke off a piece of paper but without knowing where to like deliver the punchline. And I thought that was I an see. intentional thing. You, you, like it was meant to symbolize something. Yeah. Now, and Travis and I had this conversation. I had the exact opposite critique. Or not even critique, but just like read that like the jokes that were being told by these comedians were all paced like jokes from other Todd Phillips movies. That they were meant to intentionally be funny by Todd Phillips standards. The one that I remember and have not been able to stop thinking about was the guy who was comparing trying to park to having sex. Yeah. Who was talking about like, oh, there's a bunch of different spots. And like, then like he was like, oh, I can come in towards the back. I can come in towards the front. Oh, it's disabled. I hope nobody sees this. Even that delivery. Uh, was, that's what I'm saying. Is like not even the delivery, but like the jokes themselves. Like that. Like that sounds like something oh, yeah. out of a fucking Hangover. That, and that's. I'm not saying the content of the joke. I'm saying the ways because it was told like you just did with no inflection. Yeah. Right? Like there's no spacing between the phrases, other than to like let the audience give laugh, like give the laugh track. Yeah. And. Um, there's no like emphasis on the punchline or like notable inflection to like show there's a twist in the joke. It's just like, this one's handicapped. I hope no one sees me. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe me, like my read of that was just like, I was hearing that as like almost like a fucking, like almost like an Anthony Jesselnik joke. Where, like, Jesselnik doesn't even, like, have any real pacing or emphasis. Like, he just says it and lets the audience realize he said something fucked up. Maybe it's like, – that, 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 like, that was my thing. was, like, I'm hearing, like, a hangover-style joke told by, like, an Anthony Jesselnik-type comedian who, again, Todd Phillips is going to think, ooh, Anthony Jesselnik says dark, edgy shit because, like, ooh, evil, woke PC culture. Or, like, again, Jesselnik crafts his jokes so that, like – the whole point of the joke is that he's playing this super villain, essentially, is the point of his stand-up as opposed – Yeah. Todd Phillips' comment on comedy is a whole different discussion. I – oh my god. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get into that I don't remember. Here. I'm going to touch on this real quick. Oh boy. This is how it becomes a three-hour pod, ladies and gents. I <laughs> – I don't remember who tweeted it out. I was listening to the Weekly Planet review of Joker today while I was running errands. And they made a really funny joke. Or they was, they didn't make the joke. They just said, like, somebody retweeted Todd Phillips, like, a quote with, like, the Todd Phillips comment. And was like, you know, comedy's dead because of woke culture. And proceeded to list shows and movies and musicians and comedians who are all fucking killing it right now with really, really edgy upfront humor. And they were like, oh, 
Comedy's dead. Please explain Big Mouth being as huge as it is right now then. You know, and shit like that. Like, a joke does not have to, like, poke fun at a group of people or something like that to be funny. Like, and again, don't get me wrong. I fucking love the Hangover movies. The whole trilogy. I fucking love those movies. I think they are funny as shit. On record is saying that there are a lot of jokes in those movies that have aged like milk. Like, and this is language that, you know, we say fuck a lot on here. Um, this is language we don't typically use on the air here, but like, so pardon and content warning, whatever, but like, I'm sorry, paging Dr. Faggot is not fucking necessary in that movie. The whole joke about Stu's character is that he's a dentist and pretends to be, quote unquote, pretends to be a real doctor. Like, there are, come back to the fucking dentist thing. You know what I mean? Like that, you can tell a joke that is equally funny, if not funnier, if you just make it another joke about him being a dentist and not a quote, real doctor. I don't understand why you have to call him a faggot for that scene to be funny. And there's other jokes like that, that like, it does not require, that you don't need to punch down. There does not need to be a slur here for you to make this scene funny. If that's your definition of humor, then you're fucking doing it wrong. That it has to require something that is meant to upset somebody. You're not like you sound like a fucking teenager. If comedy to you is the objective of pissing somebody off and upsetting about somebody, like fucking that that whole, that meme I see on Facebook every few weeks of like the how did a generation raised on Family Guy in South Park be so fucking sensitive? Because the people who wrote those fucking shows understand the concept of punching up and punching down. South Park is a living, walking satire, and that is the only piece of media that truly does the, I hate everybody equally, because they don't hate everybody equally. It's social commentary, man. There's a fucking difference between the shit South Park does and what you say to your fucking buddies on the fucking bus. There's a difference. It's fucking different, and if you don't understand that, then you don't have the fucking capability of understanding comedy and rant. Kept it to like five minutes. I'm impressed. Thank you. <laughs> That'll no, the, the way I put it was that quote unquote woke culture killed bad comedy. Exactly. Very much what you said. Yeah. We're like, it's no longer considered funny to just, like you said, say a slur and be like the shock value of I called somebody a slur is funny. Yeah. Now it's the shock culture of I punted a baby across the highway in Washington, D.C. That's funny. <laughs> That's also a real story. <laughs> What? You were there. <laughs> I didn't actually punt the baby. Obviously. <laughs> do you remember going to Washington, D.C. for Coral Cats? Yes, I do. Okay. That was our show choir for those of you yeah. at home when I, we were in junior high. Uh, <laughs> you hear Spencer's chair move back as we hear as we say Coral Cats. He's <laughs> like, well, I can go take a piss now. Yeah, <laughs> I might actually, though. <laughs> Uh, we're walking the streets of D.C. It's me, friend of the show, Jake Bricker, and uh, our good friend Ian. And Ian's being a jackass chasing pigeons. And chases a pigeon directly into me. And so my instinct move... Oh, now I know what you're talking about, about punching to, a baby. Is to duck out of the way. And I duck out of the way directly into a baby carriage... <laughs> And the way it had, like, my foot 
got caught in the underwater. Is Spencer still hearing this? Is he peeing? Yeah, I think he is. Shit, he's peeing. He's missing this. He'll he'll listen back to the show. Yeah. Uh, My foot gets caught in the wiring on on the undercarriage. My body weight shifts so my center of gravity is now over top of the carriage. And the only option I have is to try to get my – like do an actual front flip over the carriage, which does not work because my foot is caught. And I flip the carriage up with me. I collide with the ground. The carriage falls over. There is a baby (laughs) in the stroller. (laughs) And and it, it was just bad. It was awful. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever the done. Baby in my was life, okay, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> as far as I know, that child is still alive today. But you never know, right? You know, so so you know, dark humor isn't dead. I'm waiting for the day like we blow up more than like we have a insane you know millions of listeners audience. Yeah. And someone comes forward, that Travis motherfucker, he killed my baby. <laughs> I'm going to get me too, Jared. It's over not a, me too. That's you feel killed a fucking baby, bro. That damn woke culture. Goddamn woke culture won't let you kick babies anymore. Um, but then the, the story devolved into I got mad over how expensive ice cream was. And so I picked up a baby in its stroller <laughs> and punted it across the highway. Which at the time I was very upset with and I thought was – I was very angry that the whole thing had happened. And then like not even an hour later, I was like, you know, that's a fucking great story. I remember paying like $8 for a buffalo chicken grilled cheese sandwich. But like that sentence on the board was like so irresistible to me. And I was like, a fucking buffalo chicken grilled cheese? That's $8 for a sandwich. And I fucking <laughs> want it. Oh, Spencer's back. Yeah. Hey, boys. Um, hello. You so, have to listen back to hear the whole story. Yeah, you have to listen back to hear Spencer, uh, Travis attacking a baby. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> so I... Happy two-hour mark, gentlemen. No. <laughs> so uh, we were going to have our old friend Zach Palmer oh, on right. for this episode. Uh, unfortunately, due to there being a time difference between us and the people in Chi-Town... Uh, things didn't end up lining up, but in good old Chicago, in Chicago. Uh, however, he sent me <clears throat> a uh something for us to read on his behalf, since he wanted to come and share his thoughts. And as a someone who is far more film literate than I, I wanted to have somebody on here to help us talk through. However, he wasn't able to make it, but he has a great take on the Joker that I skimmed through. There's one bit on here. Don't try to kill Cookie Cop. He's just going to come back more pissed off than he already is. Keep keep reading. So this is Zach's take on the Joker. Uh, I'm just going to read directly here. So the Joker is a bit of a piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) I haven't heard any of this, by the way. All you said was, I'm going to think it's a hot take. No, there's one piece in here that is fucking hilarious. That is like really concise. And and it wasn't the Joker is kind of a piece of shit. Hold on. Let me rephrase. So the Joker is kind of a piece of shit, ain't it? Okay. So let's start off with the positives because there are some very notable good. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Travis is sprinting. (laughs) 
Cookie Cop lives in a society. Cookie Cop is the society. Here's the shit. Here's the like. I was fucking with him to get him to go off while you were reading. I and then I slammed him back because I was like, "Damn, that comment was funny." He sat there for five seconds after I was done touching him, and then went off. <laughs> Motherfucker! That's fucking great. Now he's just staring directly at me. Uh. So Zach says, pros, across the board, the production design was stellar. Uh, they nailed the feeling of the uh, grimy, crime-ridden city in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, the director of photography is working his ass off. The cinematography and lighting is magnificent. It's at once operatic and grounded and an impressive feat. Honestly, uh, this is top three cinematography of films I've seen this year. Uh, this one, I disagree with him very much so. Uh, I, re I really like Joker's design. It's a bold, interesting new take on the character, but also retains the core elements of what make Joker recognizable. I would actually love to see this translated into different mediums in comics, video games, etc. Please stop moving Cookie Cop closer to me as I go. Uh, score is brooding, effective, and compliments the Joker's descent in the madness. Some of the score was... Okay, for those of you at home, whenever Cookie Cop goes off, his eyes get way wider than they normally are or they close almost completely and he's in wider mode right now and he's kind of freaking <laughs> me out ah shit i tried to pull the eyelids down and they're all the way back now fuck um i hate that <laughs> <laughs> they're all the way open and even worse uh, Mr. Joaquin Phoenix nails his performance, uh, his physical performance, a demented Charlie Chaplin that sometimes dissolves into interpretive dance is absolutely what I wanted and just didn't know it. Uh, his fucking run is perfect and hilarious. There's a shot from the perspective of, uh, Murray Franklin's in-studio camera where Joker comes out, uh, from behind the curtain for the first time and I genuinely got goosebumps because it felt like the Joker had entered the room. Uh... Uh, he, he he has a section in here called Cinema Sins esque nitpicks. Uh, in the opening, when the kids rob the Joker, one of the kids ad libs, "Take his phone." The poor clown man in 1981 doesn't own a cell phone, and if he did, it wouldn't fit in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize in that like in all the marketing that shows that scene, I never realized it was kids till I saw the movie. Yeah. I brown, thought it was, I thought it was brown like, kids, but we'll have that conversation later. Uh, <laughs> a fucking course they had to do it that way. Uh, another reason why I got anxious about this movie's political messaging early on. Uh, after Wayne punches Joker in the face, they awkwardly 80 art hit 80 art in him saying, if you ever touch my son again, I'll kill you. Uh, because Todd Phillips doesn't get enough coverage on that day of shooting. <laughs> so fucking mean uh why does this wall street guy know all of the lyrics to send in the clowns like, doesn't he just know the chorus he knows the whole fucking thing uh wayne watching a screening of modern times feels really on the nose and indulgent from a director's perspective uh-huh joker doesn't really act like the mastermind joker that i like from the comics uh this is pretty much just a tasting and doesn't really reflect poorly on the movie but just reflects on what i think made joker an iconic character i like a joker who is above everything who above everything is a showman and a master manipulator the quote-unquote crazy aspect of the joker has actually never really been one of the things that's drawn me to him 
Joker in the comics isn't actually crazy. He's comic book crazy. He's wacky. He's nuts, but he has the ability to put together a plan and run an organization. I disagree with him on this point. Robert De Niro is phoning it in. He's off with Scorsese making a movie he actually cares about in The Irishman. I don't think De Niro really phoned it in. I think he just played like, you know, fucking Johnny Carson. You know, that that type of person. Like, you can't really do much without that turning into like a certain type of character. Eh, To each their own. He's not here to defend that point, so I won't go in on it. For a movie about a clown, it's not very funny. I think I only chuckled once. Again, there was a lot of inappropriate laughter in our screening, Travis. Like there were there, like you yeah, had, you had, I, there were a couple teenagers there who like kind of like kind of like when I saw us in theaters, like there were moments that are like meant to be like really awkward and like uncomfortable that like younger audiences don't understand how to interpret that except for funny. Like and Spencer, yeah. you saw us, so you probably can think of a couple scenes. Um, yeah, that like that like the movie would like just not like come to a screeching halt insofar as like it stopped making sense, but like the movie would just be like, oh shit, what are we gonna do? And like in those moments of like awkwardness and like tension, like you would just hear like a bunch of like sixteen, seventeen year olds just start cackling. Do you, Do you remember what the like? There were a couple times where you were like, this is inappropriate. And I was like trying to hide the fact that I was one of the people laughing from you. But there was one in the beginning where you and I were both like, what the fuck are they laughing at? I think it was when Arthur got fucking domed with the sign. No, it wasn't that. There was something early on that you and I were both like, why the fuck are you laughing? Yeah. And I can't remember, like off the top of my head, I cannot remember what it was. I don't know. That was just me, though. I, I eventually did laugh with, like, the fucking, you know... Him dropping the gun in the children's hospital is fucking hysterical. That, I fuck... I almost fell out of my fucking seat. Like, that whole... That whole bit of, like, him dropping it, realizing it, and, like, finally, like, getting it back in his pocket, and, like, ha-ha, to the immediate cut of, why the fuck did you bring a gun oh, to a oh children's hospital? Oh, my god, oh, my god, hospital? oh, my god, oh, my god, oh, my god. I wanted to ask this real quick, and that fucking reminded me, because when he gets reprimanded for it, when it cuts to him outside of the building and he's like fucking kicking something i saw people online saying that was like a fantasy sequence of him curb stomping his boss's body i thought he was just kicking the shit out of the dumpster he's kicking the shit out he's it it, it is not framed very well it looks like at first he's kicking the actual dumpster and he's not i don't think Uh, like kicking the dumpster like the trash around it it looks like he's just kicking whatever he's like bracing himself on the dumpster slamming his foot into a bunch of trash bags. That's what I thought. And then I saw people saying he's curb stomping his boss. No, there's and not then, like, person. There. He's a mad, like, and that, then that gives credence to like the whole, nothing is actually happening. Cause he's imagining committing another murder right there. All right. I don't even think he's committed a murder yet by then. I, I I'm not sure. All right. Cause he hasn't, the only time he's fired the gun before, cause he gets fired. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Because he gets fired and then gets on the train to go home after getting fired because he's still in the makeup. Yeah. And then he gets attacked. Yeah. Like I said, people were saying that it was him like bodies, you know, whatever. Well, people were so. wrong. Go on. This is the one thing that Zach Palmer wrote that I, I saw this almost pissed my pants laughing and went, yeah, this is the best review I've seen of the Joker. 
Joker feels like a comic book that was written by Todd McFarlane and illustrated by Alex Ross. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Travis's face. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking funny. I texted him immediately, but that's fucking genius. <laughs> Why couldn't you be on this episode? <laughs> Written by Todd McFarlane and illustrated, and illustrated by, Alex, by Ross. Alex Ross. Wow. God damn. <laughs> that is the funniest fucking thing I've heard in my life. Ah. <laughs> uh. The movie is incredibly broad with its commentary and leaks <laughs> leaks over it into its ex execution of plot lines. Eat the rich, but why? We don't get a sense of how Wayne is screwing over the city. Is De Niro also screwing over the city somehow? Why do people is smaller font, I'm sorry. Why do people celebrate the Joker after he spoilers him? <laughs> okay, I guess he wasn't sure when we'd read this in the show. Uh why is he uh after he kills him? Despite being set in 81, this was the other thing that I wanted I, – that I, he's absolutely right about that I forgot to mention. Pardon. Uh, despite being set in 1981, the sensibilities of the film are so firmly set in 2019. Everything is so Occupy Wall Street, uh, mental illness, and hashtag resist. But those were in no way the issues of the time. Joker being – Joker being in, <laughs> invited onto the show because his clip went viral is such a modern phenomenon that it's ridiculous that its inclusion in this piece confuses its messages. And I think he's absolutely right about that. I, I mean, there. I mean, I'm sure there have been instances of like you know this clip got sent in, and like I can explain away the clip going quote unquote viral because the club is in Gotham and. The show's taped in Gotham. They and that like feasibly somebody was at that comedy club who knows somebody on the Murray Franklin show. Like, that, that was just my internal logic. Yeah, and that, like since it's both, this is both of these things are happening in Gotham. Yeah, and they even in the phone call where they invite him on say we've been getting a like it's not they don't thank God don't say your clip went viral. <laughs> That would have. I would have pissed my yeah. pants in the theater. Yeah. Like I didn't it went what? It's a disease because that's what viral meant in the fucking eighties. <laughs> I I missed the take his phone line from the beginning. I didn't realize. I didn't hear there. that. It was so fucking funny. But if they had said it went viral, but they they say like we've been getting a lot of people phoning in. Yeah, we've got a lot of buzz about your clip. Yeah, and so like, I I agree that it doesn't like for nineteen eighty one make a ton of sense. But they need a they need a reason for him to feasibly get on the show, yeah. without just breaking in. Well, I also and like addressing the like I remember I said to you in the theater with like how everyone's like how oh, fuck the rich. I'm like this movie's so communist. I love it. Um, I uh, for for any of like the again like the incel alt right types who are going into this movie expecting to have like a fucking person to rally behind and for it to turn around and be the most like unintelligent like we are the people kill the rich like i think that is so fucking funny to me <laughs> i think that's part of the uh, again i don't know if this is intentional from todd phillips but i think part of the point is that they don't know what they're rallying behind they're just angry 
And that could be part. I mean, but again, also a lot of it is like yeah. them directly saying, no, fuck you, you wealthy son of a bitch. Like, I mean, he's right. Like, they don't actually show how Wayne Industries is directly and, well, fucking yeah, with I think Gotham. That's the point. He might not be. Yeah. I, I very much read that whole interaction as a very Hillary Clinton the uh, deplorables was the word she used, yeah. right? Um, like when he calls everyone clowns. And maybe that, that proves Zach's point that it's so rooted in 2019. Yeah. But like – Like now we're going to use the word you used about us as like a rallying cry. Yeah, which happened. But that's been that's been going on since freaking Yankee Doodle. Don't tell me that's a 21st century phenomenon. Oh, no. But I, I think I think like the way the – the the way he sets up that line and the way it unfolds is so it's so, it's so parallel now. it's so now it's yeah. so parallel to these deplorables well i'm a deplorable i'm not going to vote for you right yeah it's, no, it's, no, it's that, even while he's on a political campaign yeah i, th- well, that's I think fair, that's yeah. like for i mean yeah, that that is fair. I just like it. it or, the, yeah, that, the phenomenon of to say yeah. that to, to say that embracing a, a word an, being in, used an to harass intended you. Yeah. insult and using it as like your own, you know, identity yeah. back at them. Like, come on, that's not new. Well, no, I don't think he's saying it's new. I think he's just saying that like the specific instance of political adversary yeah, uses terms political, to define yeah. people who might have voted for him and now they're angry or even go one step further of like person who has a very mixed public life where like if the people if the people of Gotham are already going to be frustrated with Richie you know with like you know this this bananas wealthy CEO talking shit which again like you had that same issue in 2016 of like oh like you don't get any more political elite than Hillary Rodham Clinton. Like you don't get any more of that type of person than her that people already don't like that type of person. Now you're taking pot shots at a group of people. Like I think that specific that, – that specific analog has credence. But yes, yeah. Spencer, you're very right. Like it's not a – it's not a new concept by any this means. Is, this is such a weird offshoot and I'm sorry that I kind of like – I just thought of an actual reasonable argument for why it's all fake. Yeah. So the masks that they wear, that the quote – like the clowns. That they're perfect replicas of his bozo outfit. Yeah. Well, and they're I mean, all exactly the same. <laughs> they're all exactly the same and they're all perfect replicas of his clown makeup and there were no eyewitnesses – like people saw him running away, but no one got a good look at his makeup. There's no oh, way. Yeah. There's no that's way. That's good. That's I just thought of that. That's I'm good. very smart. Yeah. I mean, and like- that's true. That's absolutely accurate. And again, again, I think you can just like, and it's one of those like, you can just wave it away as like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, like, you, I'm you not, could even say that like, oh, like I haven't he, he my based his makeup, his makeup on that a look. standard yeah. template. Like, that like he thought green hair, white face, blue diamonds will fucking do that, and that like that's such a prolific clown look there that it's stuck again. Like there's it's it, the movie doesn't have isn't that fucking smart? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's, yeah. Uh, viral phenomenon. Okay. Uh, almost nobody acts like a real person in this movie. Yeah, that too. Again, like he's. Uh, some will. 
chalk this up to the Joker's unreliable narrator status, but this is a lazy excuse for the writers to create interactions that lack logic. Why does Bruce let this crazy man sm- yeah, yeah, <laughs> stick was- his smelly cigarette fingers into his mouth? Why would anyone treat this version of Joker like the starter of a movement? He's just a murderer in clown makeup. Why? This is in all caps. Why do they invite him onto the show? He's clearly deranged. They showed his video once and they made fun of him. He isn't funny. No TV show has ever done this. It was in caps, so I figured that's how he intended it to be that, read. That was good. That was a that, that was good. Uh, the Zazie beats also true. Yeah, uh, the Zazie beats storyline is so obvious it's embarrassing. Her character was underwritten, bland, and unbelievable. She's a figment of his imagination, so yeah. I don't blame that. Like most of her screen time is just Arthur imagining what having a girlfriend is like. So well, I can forgive yeah, that, like, but he's not wrong. She has one line while she's like in the imaginary scenes, and it's just like stroking his cock, like, "Yeah, you killing them was good, right?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's hot that you murdered those men. <laughs> and like, other than that, I don't think she has a single other line other than "Your name is Ar- like the Your name is Arthur, right?" Bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and to have anything else that... Oh, that was the other one that I got afraid of, of like, oh, this is like the incel wet dream. Oh, like, Is when she was like super into him stalking her to work. Yeah. Th- that... Oh, man. <laughs> I was... I forgot about that until you said it. I was fucking alive. terrified that that, that that last scene where she's real was going to devolve into some form of assault against her. Same. I was like, no, please don't do this. Please and not, don't not do this. Not just like, okay, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. As, as like horrible as that, you know, like, I, like oh, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. I thought for like a hot second. He, he was, was going to assault her. Yeah. yeah. And well, I, I was not pre- like mentally prepared for that to happen. And, Thank God. You made a really good point uh, when we saw it where you said something to the effect of like um, him coming to grips with the fact that she was never really real. Like it isn't what sets him off. It's but that's kind of the moment where he goes, well, I don't know what's true. So let's fucking have fun with it. Well, not even that. But like the way I because some leaks to the script had come out where they said his the entire inciting incident for him becoming the Joker was a girl turning him down. And I was like, that's such bullshit. And it is. It, that is not what oh, happens. Yeah. It's not incel Jesus right there. <laughs> yeah. It isn't girl turns him down. He gets mad and becomes the Joker. It's he imagines being with her, clicks back in, realizes it wasn't real. And like, I think it also has like this sting he, of like realizing he has the same affliction as his mother. That – and he doesn't get mad at His her. alleged mother. He yeah. doesn't aggress at her. He's not, well, this is your fault for leading me on. Holy fuck. Wait a minute. You're right. That doesn't make any fucking sense. What? Well, they're implying that like he has like a f- – that, that he has the same mental disorder He has the same exact mental disorder as his adoptive mother. Which I'm not saying like two people who aren't related can't have the same mental disorder – but Which, that's such a fucking implication. Well, also, 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 it's he's also an abuse victim too. He's an abuse victim that is told his laughing is an affliction. It isn't, and he figures that out by the end. And I think that's part of it. Well, like he he is mentally unstable, but it's not what he thought it was. He realized his mental instability wasn't that he was having fever dreams 
of that he was uncontrollably laughing. His mental instability is that he wants to hurt people. And he he realizes that and suddenly realizes, well, now I'm just going to do what I think is funny. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes sense. I just I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, motherfucker, how does he have the same thing? That's going what on I meant. Her? When I said earlier, they disproved my point in a bit because my whole reasoning for knowing that Thomas wasn't his father from the get go was – well, they're related. They probably share – like I felt yeah, that stigma of they probably share some form of mental Ill- illness if it's genetic. Yeah. And she's most likely making up that Thomas and her had a relationship, which is so far from the case. Yeah. Right? She didn't even give birth to him in the first yeah. place. This movie's this so fucking dense. Um. Uh. But yeah, that's – there's that. Uh, the Wall Street tools are <laughs> – the Wall Street guys are plot points and not characters. Uh, them attacking Joker on the subway – I keep clicking on it and like making the cursor block the text. Them attacking Joker on the subway feels like the writer is desperately trying to build a moment where Joker can kill people in a justified, sympathetic way that starts him down his path. That's what you were saying, Travis. Um uh, Spoilers. The climax of the film is Joker shooting Robert De Niro in the face and doesn't – feel built to er, built or earned why do people hate de niro he just seems like a typical johnny carson type uh feels like king of comedy ripoff uh by the way go watch king of comedy on amazon prime it's so much better than joker um i disagree about the feels earned thing i don't i disagree that people are rallying behind him because he killed robert de niro i don't think that i I think it's just that he's he's who he is you know, that yeah. that is inconsequential to these people that are writing. They don't give a fucking fuck. Yeah, it's just nice to have a hero. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to like get too deep in like trying to disprove these because he's not – I, I know, I know yeah. you're not going to. I'm yeah. just saying generally. I'm just like kind of – Yeah. oh, I, I think yeah. this. I, 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 like I said, I don't want to I don't want to dive too deep at least myself into like trying to disprove what Zach has to say because he's not here to defend his points. I will say it doesn't feel necessarily earned. I think it's meant to be an initiation process. It, as sick as that sounds, oh my god, I just said that. But <laughs> go, uh, keep going. No, you're good. I'm just I'm flipping through at the bottom. I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but I love that like this his this letter ends with follow me at fake Zach on Twitter and fake Zach, fake underscore Zach on letterboard. Um Okay, follow, so follow Zach on Twitter, he's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Z A C K. For those of you at home. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's fat. Can you check if it's fact Zach or fake Zach? Yeah, I, I'll look. Keep talking. Um, as he may have mistyped it here. Uh, so he says, biggest con, and this is a meaty one. Todd Phillips is an irresponsible filmmaker who revels in mean-spirited glorification of violence. He genuinely believes Joker's arc is a positive one in this movie. I don't know about that. As stated in the video he did for Vanity Fair. I didn't watch the whole video. I didn't get a chance to watch that. It is um, just at fake Zach and Zach is spelled CK. Okay. Can you say that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, what? Uh, I don't. I say I don't think anything exemplifies this better than the one of the tonally worst moments in the movie. Right after admitting that he's off his meds, uh, killing his clown buddy and donning the full Joker garb, Fleck has reached the pinnacle of his madness and is barreling towards a dark fate. What happens in this moment? Do we hear uh, strings of the score warp into discord into a gothic tone? Does the camera focus on an uncomfortable or unhaunt or haunting image or angle? 
Uh, nope. We get an upbeat celebratory song. The Joker shot from low angles, showing his attained power that he has wanted to change the world. In that moment, Todd Phillips uses the language of cinema to tell us what he thinks. And what he thinks is that the Joker has successfully self-actualized through violence. I think that it's an incredibly tone-deaf thing to portray in your movie about a man struggling with mental illness, and Todd Phillips should be ashamed of himself. But the thing is, is he... The thing is, I don't know if he knows any better. Todd Phillips is a clueless, fra clueless frat boy who stumbled into success by appealing to other clueless frat boys. Joker gets a four out of ten from me. You can skip it. I will say, and now granted, again, I, I, I got to watch the rest of that Vanity Fair inter interview that he did. Um, I don't. The movie being told from Joker's perspective, I didn't expect anything less than what we got in that scene. And I personally interpreted it as a – the tonal dissonance of what we see before the um, hey baby scene where he's like coming down the steps dancing yeah. and shit. Yeah. I thought that scene was meant to have like a tonal dissonance of like – Oh my god. Like we were like we were seeing like it was almost like a perverted version of like Superman's first flight in Man of Steel. Where like we're seeing the first time the Joker is like revving up to go fucking destroy someone's life. Or like, you know, or like the, the the big orchestral sweeps of like the first flight scene in Man of Steel, which despite Man of Steel having its own flaws is one of my favorite Superman moments on in, on in a film. I really liked the that that moment in Man of Steel. I think this is supposed to be like the dark mirror image of something like that or like the first swing of Spider-Man in like the Raimi movies. Yeah. Where like it's that moment of like, oh, we're watching the birth of this hero. We're seeing like a core tenant of this hero come, come into fruition where we're seeing the dark reflection of that of like, oh – we're seeing the first time the Joker felt that like really sinister power coursing through him. Um, that was just me. I think Zach's take there is equally valid. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Um, we're, I, we are going to have him on for our end of the year movie roundup where we are going to rank all the movies that we reviewed uh, in some way, shape or form. Uh, I, I really look forward to pressing him on some of these and having him explain some of his thoughts. Uh, but yeah, he gave it a four out of 10. And then like we said, you can follow him on, you said it was at fake at fake Zach it's spelled Z A C K on yes. Twitter. And then if you want to follow him on letterboard, it is capital F fake underscore capital Z Zach Z A C K on letterboard with that, uh, Travis, what do you give Joker final thoughts in your review and your score? I'm more mixed than when I came into this room. Yeah. For sure. Like. Talking through it, I'm sure. Kind yeah. Of knocked and a couple things loose. I. I enjoy the comment besides the Wayne murder. Yeah. I will stand by that. That shouldn't have been there. Um, I've even come around. I guess I've come around on him cutting, cutting back to Bruce in the alley with it, with Martha. Oh yeah, we were talking about that. We're I like said originally you walk. don't yeah. include that. I think you include that if you want to imply that this is the beginning the, of the rivalry. The like powerful justice invites powerful evil. 
I think if you want to tell the other story as well, where powerful evil invites powerful justice, that's why you show Bruce in the alley. I keep giving all of these like really deep looks into this, and I'm like, Todd Phillips didn't think of this. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> as it I the things But I, you and I are both people though, and I will say this what you and I are both people who love analyzing art and media and both have a really profound understanding of Batman lore. So I'm Which not is, surprised that you and I are so quick to exactly. be like, oh, there's so much here that's like a metaphor for Batman and Joker's rivalry. That is well, 10 out of 10 not supposed to fucking be there. Yeah, it's like, it's just, well, A, it's so easy because it's so classic, you know, good, bad rival. Yeah. You know, that you can quantify anything Yeah, as that. But like, just those themes... We've known them for so long that I am, I immediately attach them to this because it's a Joker film. Yeah. I immediately – And where there is look, Joker, there is Batman. Yeah. I immediately look for more things than I usually do in a film like this. I don't think if this is a Joker film I, – I, I forget who I was watching that said this. If this wasn't a Joker film, if it was just a guy named Arthur Fleck who going goes nuts, fucking nuts yeah. and kills a guy on live television – um this movie would have been boring to me. I like, cause I saw every twist coming. Yeah. I, there was never a point where I was except for in that, in that scene in the talk show, because I, I know what's coming and yeah. I know that's the Joker, you know? Yeah. Well, that, I know like even you and I were like, we, you and I even got like tense for the Wayne murder. Way early on, whenever Arthur confronts Thomas Wayne at the movie theater, yeah, I like, knew I knew it was happening. I all I saw was Thomas Wayne in a movie theater, and I went, "Oh, oh, there, oh fuck, yeah!" I, I went, there, I, "There's no way this is happening this early in the movie." I know. And then he stood up, and like Martha and Bruce weren't there, and I was like, "Oh, I'll never well, fucking." Martha lie. was there, or Martha, I, Bruce wasn't there. Yeah, either. I was like, "Oh, Bruce isn't there. We're fine." Yeah, because he has to see it. He, he has, has to watch it happen. He has to watch it. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> but think again, but like like we said earlier, we see fucking Zorro and went, oh my god! <laughs> I think coming out of this talk, without the implication that I'm a dumb comic book idiot and like don't know how to analyze film, because clearly I know how to analyze a film that has shit that isn't there. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say six out of ten. Six out of ten. I think there's a lot to unpack if you are a big. Batman buff like Jared and I are and Spencer. Um Spencer's been quiet for a while. It, it's true. It's true. I don't typically have as much to say as the as the both of you, which is made uh exceptionally noticeable in a three hour episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we went from that like, wow, we're only in an hour fifty to now it's two and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we saw we, that coming. We knew, I we knew, knew this was going to happen. I said that. I'm like, wow, we can wrap up. This is kind of neat. I totally forgot we were reading Zach's thoughts. Yeah. Um, so much for most concise movie review. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I'm going to say six out of ten. I think if I'm analyzing this in a vacuum as a Joker movie, it bumps up to an eight. Okay. I think if I'm analyzing this as a swan song to Scorsese-esque films – I think it bumps down to a five. <laughs> that's hey, yeah. at least we still have the Irishman to look forward to. Yeah, that's not a knock on Scorsese. No, as a filmmaker, I have my own things I want to say about Scorsese. Yeah, but 
That's like saying Bugs Bunny and funny. <laughs> we'll get there next yep. week, kids. Um, I as overall, I'd say like a six, six, six out of ten for Joker. Yeah. Spencer, what do you have? Uh, uh, final thoughts and uh, score for Joker. Uh, hmm. <laughs> All right. If we got it, if it's real and an if it's not real score. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, I so like if the events of the Joker movie are real and they actually happened, then this movie's going to get a six and a half for me. If everything is, if it's all fake news. If it's all fake news and it's going on inside his head. We weren't ready for that. Continue. If it if it's all going on inside his head, like top to bottom, like his uh his wannabe girlfriend, his comedy bits, like getting on the show, having the whole uprising thing, if it's all in his head and he's in the insane the insane asylum from the very beginning then this is going to get an eight from me. So with – I have a question there. <laughs> OK. Where – in your mind, where does the fantasy begin? Like, oh, OK. Like in, in any point in this movie, A, is, as, is it real at any point besides the very end? And B, if any – if a little chunk in the beginning is real, where does the fantasy start? I'm curious. Uh because I've been thinking about that too. I don't know. I want to say cuz part of me thinks that if it was fake from the beginning and the only real part bit in the asylum at the end, then what's it all been for? Um like it's a nice it's a nice little story, you know. It's a, it's a nice song sung by a madman, but what in the end what does it really mean is like if none of it is real. But um ugh. Um, this is a question I don't have an answer for, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I don't either. It is definitely after he meets the, uh, what's her name on the elevator? Sophie. But it's definitely before. You mean Julia. He, <laughs> a what, name that is completely not close to that. <laughs> you mean Rosemary. Um, <laughs> I would say. You mean Esther. <laughs> Oh, for crying out loud. I'm sorry, I'm done. Uh, I'm just like, uh, I wish I was in the room with you guys, as always. Uh, we love you, buddy. Next week, buddy. Next week. Um, so, definitely after he meets, uh, what's her name, in the elevator, but I'm thinking, ugh. I would think sometime around when he gets fired from his clown job. That's my okay. best guess. Okay. Possibly just before that. Okay. I. Because why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking. Why like, not? I like that reason. Because why not? Because that's that's like, like right when he just starts. Just as much care as Todd Phillips put into this movie. So yeah. Ooh. Right, because that's that's right before he kills the guys. Yeah. And like right after, the shit of his life has completely hit the fan. <laughs> the shit of his life. <laughs> that's always <laughs> because but, like yeah. Well, I mean that's true. That's always like a big beat when like because yeah, it's, it's the last straw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't have it's, a job. 
I'm no longer a contributing member of society. However much a clown contributes is up to you. But. <laughs> Upon you saying that, I had the image of the fucking gun falling out of his pocket. What would you I know, I know, I'm uh, laughing you, over you. Do you know what I thought was going to happen in that scene? That it was going to fucking accidentally discharge and he was going to blow one of those fucking kids' heads off? Yes. I'm surprised it didn't. <laughs> I'm impressed by Todd Phillips' sense of restraint for not executing one of these cancer kids. Uh. Jared? Yes? What do you... Give us a number. Give us a number. Oh, so wait. So, like, you said... (laughs) Spencer. Yeah? For our total, are you contributing a 6.5 or an 8? Or do you want I will it? contribute a 6.5 under the assumption that it was it actually happened. Okay. This review is irrelevant if it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> true, basically. To our, for this show, it doesn't fucking matter if it didn't happen. That's fair. And that said, going off of what Spencer said with the if it happened, if it didn't, if it didn't happen, this movie gets a fucking goose egg from me. I don't fucking care. Um, like I said before – uh, Walking Phoenix turns in a great performance, beautiful visuals, beautiful score. Supporting cast is good. Outside of that, I don't, I felt so talked down to by this movie. And with, again, all of the, you know, this is a real film. This is real cinema. This is a human experience. I don't know if what he's referring to in that Vanity Fair thing. If it's a video of him breaking down the opening of the movie, which I saw a little bit of with like the way Todd Phillips talks about this movie and everything, for it to turn around and be discount taxi driver had a baby with discount king of comedy with a DC comics aesthetic, this is the best you can do for quote unquote sneaking a real movie into a comic book flick. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. like again it was there was some great stuff here but absolutely underwhelmed on the whole um i I liked i liked it i really don't want people to think i hated this movie because i didn't hate it but the things i really don't care for really piss me off because it is just so diminutive to the people who are putting a who are who are essentially signing the paycheck for this movie um that said, I think I'm going to come out at about a six, six out of ten and a fucking zero if it didn't happen. Um, These scores are way lower than I expected them to be. Yeah. like Especially like right as the credits rolled. I was like, I'll probably give that like an eight or a nine. Yeah, right? I was sitting at about a seven. But like the longer I thought about it. Yeah. The more. And again, I, I just keep coming back to sneak a real film. Into it. Yeah. Like yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna talk that kind of mad shit, you better fucking deliver, bro. If you think a a quote unquote real film can't be told through the lens of Batman and especially Batman and Joker, and you have to resort to a skeleton of a Scorsese movie, that's fucking absurd. Like, yeah, I just I'm sorry, I you don't. Don't. Your anger is starting to like process into me. This isn't good. <laughs> we need to cut like, this. No, like I'm sorry. Like if if you're gonna if you're gonna swing like that, you better not fucking miss. And you missed. It's it's that simple, man. I don't. It it's it's good. It's not a bad movie, but it's a good movie because it 
stole from way better movies. So that is the Hall of Heroes take on Joker, everybody. So um, combined, we got an 18 and a half out of 30. Yeah. Interesting. Ooh, <laughs> that's barely not at uh, 50%. Um, By I think European standards, that's a C. Hey. Uh, the proper grading scales. Yeah. I will point out. <laughs> uh, that said, um, Spencer, where can all of your people find you? You can find me as you uh, always can. At Spence Man Cosplays on Instagram, hit me up. I will probably be posting some new content from my historical cosplay this coming weekend because it's Fort Days. Hurrah, hurrah. Um, sorry that I have been neglecting my comic book and Star Wars content in favor of that. But um, it's just it, this is the last event of the season and I want to go out with a bang. So that's where you can find me. Hit me up. Like for a like. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Travi? They can get my lukewarm takes uh, at Travis Political on both Twitter and Instagram. Mostly Twitter. <laughs> I <laughs> On Instagram, he just makes me look like I'm 800 fucking pounds. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Where, don't wear black. Actually, wear black. <laughs> but always wear black. Don't wear black and then have shadows around you. It sounds like you're telling me not to be Batman. But like, yeah, but when you are the shadow, that's different. That's totally different. <laughs> you are different. the shadow. When, no, oh my god, that was the most insane thing. Like when, when Batman is the shadows, he is the darkness. Not there's a shadow over there, and I'm wearing black. <laughs> And now it arcs around me and makes me look like I'm going to stand up and my fucking <laughs> knees are going to fucking buckle. <laughs> I'm so Under sorry. my weight. You know, I look like I have a cholesterol of 1300 with fucking pure fucking cane sugar running through my veins. I hate that picture so fucking much. Do you want me to take it down? I don't. I'm not going to make you take it. It's fucking funny to complain about. Okay. But like I remember getting legitimately upset seeing it. <laughs> It, it took away from my do you want to see my new hat joke completely um anyway you guys can find me on uh twitter and instagram at dark jedi 2552 uh be sure to follow and like do back discussion on twitter instagram and facebook be sure to listen <laughs> be sure to listen to the other shows in the network uh, do back discussion our Star Wars show and be sure to tune into our audio commentaries leading up to the release of The Rise of Skywalker this December. Uh, check out Gorn More, Wicked Wednesday, Jerk the Curtain, Down the Rabbit Hole, and Do Back Discussion Sports. Uh, be sure to check out our website and Public so you can get some hot merch in time for all of this fun stuff. Uh, like I said, next week will be a proper news episode with our crew here. Um, with that, be sure to tune in to the same bat at the same bat time to the same bat channel. We love you guys, three thousand. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground, and you in. Sending the clowns 
Isn't it bliss? Don't you approve? One who keeps tearing around And one who can't move But where are the clowns? Send in the clowns Just when I stopped Opening doors Finally finding the one that I wanted Was yours Making my entrance again with my usual flair Sure of my line Nobody's there Don't you love a farce My fault I fear I thought that you'd want what I want Sorry, my dear Where are the clowns? Send in the clowns Don't bother They're here Isn't it rich? Isn't it queer? My timing this late in my career But where are the clowns? Send in the clowns Well, maybe next year <laughs> uh, go to our T public. We gotta we gotta balance this out. Buy our Darth Maul shirt. <laughs> you weren't supposed to hear that. All right. So Spencer, I might yeah. I might cut the ad part now. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um <laughs> so you you, you remember hold on. Okay. Spencer, you are understanding the we live in a society jokes we're making, right? Honestly, no. I get. I. I'm like grasping the the incel concept. So the, pretty okay. The, Jared called it first of all. Second of all, the the concept is they are framing because society is a social construct. Yada yada. Right. I took yes, sociology. Of course. I took sociology. That is a fact. But like, I, now I can't say that phrase anymore because it's fucking tainted. Yeah. But basically, they're saying that. Because it, they are smarter than everyone because they figured it out, A, and that it's stacked against them. Like, all of their problems are the fault of society and not because they're assholes. Yes. Well, that's just wrong. So, the we would describe the people, say, in the Geeks and Gamers Facebook group or Star Wars Anything and Everything as we live in a society folk. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of the we live in a society joke also has like its roots in um, uh, one of my favorites would be like because people would like use um, a lot of what uh, Heath Ledger's Joker has to say. It's kind of a framework like the scene in the hospital, like, you know, like, everyone loses their mind, that whole thing um, that like a lot of people would just like have like a picture of of like Ledger's Joker and it, like the top, like there would be the picture of it. And like one of my favorite memes is just Ledger's Joker. It says we live in a society bottom text. <laughs> and it's just such a vapid and like meaningless statement. That said, Spencer, do you remember Max Nice from Star Wars Anything and Everything? <laughs> no. He he was one of the he was one of the people who He's helped. an admin. He's an admin. He was one of the people who helped uh get us booted. Yeah. Ah, uh, nice. Well, as you know, I'm in the Geeks and Gamers Facebook group as well. Yes. So I have a I have a tale for you in three Facebook posts. This is Max Nice's initial thoughts on joker into the geeks and gamers facebook group hello there i am hello a there. i am a star wars boycotter and hater of npc culture i watch oh. joker and imax no spoilers review i found it to be a very well directed and extremely well acted first act of a full film you do not get to watch it is pseudo intense pseudo deep claustrophobic and pseudo authorial it tries to make up for the thinness of the plot by focusing on Phoenix's virtuoso acting, but the screenplay lacks strong and rich, strong and rich plot, world building, etc. If someone here liked it, please please let's talk and share ideas for someone who adores Bergman, uh, Hour of the Wolf persona, and thus would appreciate two hours of close-ups. I found myself beyond bored by the repetitiveness of it all, irritated by a film that proves to be headed nowhere. Uh, I welcome you all to watch it, but please be mindful that the political divide today is not helping in both directions to interpret artwork in the right way. Uh, you here all probably will be forced to like it because it is a film against SJWs, but I urge you to see that see it for what it is, a weak, shallow product that says nothing that was already said. A pity. Wow. That was on October 4th. Eight hours ago today. SJWs slash NPCs. We will only like films that showcase those that deserve representation. Films have to further our political agenda. So-called, quote-unquote, red-pilled people. The Joker is a masterpiece. And then it's a gif of, like, Arthur smiling at the camera. Yeah. Now, this is my favorite. Because this has, like, the Star Wars anything and everything, like, Diego-esque, like, oh, righteous no. indignation. <laughs> Don't you... Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Don't even um, bring Diego how do you know that into this, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. They called him out. So I listened to like the first bit of a Gormore episode. Yeah. Uh, the other day was their alien review, and they talk about Diego because it was the same. <laughs> it was the same day he was on, uh, TJ was on do back with us. <laughs> so they bring up. Oh, that would have been hours within each other. Then. Yeah. I gotta go listen to the alien review. So now. I was. I almost crashed my car laughing. Anyway, <laughs> that's great. Anyway, he has that like – also, those of you who are still listening, on Dubak discussion, we're going to be having a whole episode about some of the crazy Star Wars Facebook groups that float around out there. One day. I One have day. been waiting for this episode. <laughs> we have been too. We need to just like – Bite the bullet and do it soon. Without yeah. everyone. Yeah. We can do it after The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, so again, this is, has that like – that classic – 
Star Wars anything and everything. We live in a society. I'm afraid of women and black people. I fucking love it. Two days ago, you made fun of my criticisms against the Joker and called me a supporter of the SJW, whereas I have fought them my whole life. I am a committed Star Wars boycotter. He also shared a link to the Red Letter Media review of Joker. Let Red Letter Media tell you what you cannot see because you have little knowledge of true cinema and what it was, especially in the 70s. Joker is a plain and shallow film. You are free to like it. I like parts of it, especially Phoenix, but it remains a conceptually irrelevant piece of work. I fucking love that all these guys I can only communicate in monologue. Like I don't, I don't. I, you he caught me mon- monologuing. You caught me monologuing. You sly dog. 